Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. <laughs> that's that's when it might become a problem. That's when we're crossing boundaries there. Hi, Jihad. Oh my god, we're recording. God. Fucking Jesus Christ, we're recording. Oh no, please do not put that on there. <laughs> oh, we're recording. Oh, oh god. god damn it, that banter at the beginning. That you, yeah. know, you always listen to it. Like, yeah. oh no, it's fine. We'll, we'll just cut that out. <laughs> just a little bit of banter about ethnic cleansing, that's all. <sighs> Okay, uh, let me just <laughs> back myself up here where I was saying uh, we were having a discussion of uh, what would or would not be considered inappropriate, and mm -hmm. I uh, gave my example of what is inappropriate. Ethnic Calling somebody cleansing. high jihad. <laughs> Pretty inappropriate. Definitely inappropriate. Don't be saying that. Ethnic cleansing, though. Totally inappropriate. Did you guys think <laughs> I was going to say that was appropriate? Like, Well, I was waiting to see where you were going with that. I was waiting to see just how insulting we can get, and maybe we can get the levels to rise up! And crash through. <laughs> this is Doc. No. This no, no, it's not. No. I am Doc. This is Ziggy. I was gonna do this just like, this is Doc and Ziggy with the flood. Why is it we always seem to forget who we are every time we start this last episode i looked at you like i forgot who i was when i went to like how do i forget i'm doc how do you forget you're not doc like every time <laughs> I, know, I mean i know you guys are under a lot of pressure here <laughs> it's only like you've been doing this for a year come a, on guys a year and it's, <laughs> we it's have not no like, idea what we're doing still yeah it's not like i haven't been doc for the entire 30 some years that i've been alive <laughs> it's like Okay. God forbid I actually ignore And we rise up and crash through. There's a dog and you with the flood. Keep your death threats to 140 characters or less. Good work. All right, we got it out of the way. <laughs> and you know what this is. This is the show where we take the zeitgeist and Zig turns his phone on silent. And then we, you know, try to <laughs> put things into some kind of context, some kind of perspective for you all. Now I put my phone on do not disturb. You do as well as you listen to this podcast. Tell them you're busy. And today we have a guest with us. We have the return of our light keeper, Lil B. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. Definitely enjoy being with you last time and let's see if yes. we can uh, well, shake you know things we... up a little bit this time too. You know now we since we have Lil you. B here, we should start off with some lighthouse updates. Uh, oh, I get to read my own updates? <laughs> yes, because I didn't want to write all that down. Okay, so last week you guys were talking about uh, the royal family and how their lineage works, right? Okay. So the discussion was about uh, why their last name is Windsor and where that came about. So their, the last dynasty was the house of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha. And that ended mm. in uh, 1910. Uh, okay. But before the Windsor family became a thing, um, and before King George V succeeded Edward VII, the house of each dynasty never had a surname. They would sign for things only using their first name, King Edward VII, Queen Victoria II, etc., etc. So when George V took the throne in 1910, tensions were getting really high in Europe. And so after World War I broke out, George V made the, end I quote, radical decision to change the name of the dynasty and adopt a surname. Oh. 
So, <laughs> wait. I'm still not quite understanding It's why like the he... New York Yankees not having their jersey, or the name on the back of their jersey. Because you're supposed to know who Edward Seventh is. <laughs> right, right, I get it. And I, I guess what's the point of like a surname? Don't merge, most surnames come from, like, the trade that you had. Depends. Had. Depends. It also yeah. used to be, like, hey, I'm Brian's son of James. Yeah, yeah. that's the, right. like... Norwegian thing. Right. Like Leonardo da Vinci is just Leonardo from Da Vinci. And you know, Irish over, <laughs> Irish over here, yeah. so you just take a first name and put O in front of it. Right. Or like Mick. Yeah. Mick is Irish and Mac is Scottish. Yes. <laughs> um, but so they ended up changing the name because of the fact that uh, there was a lot of anti Semitic German sentiments. Mm. And apparently the house of. Uh, oh man, I, I always struggle pronouncing this. Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha was of German descent. And so they wanted to, like, cut their ties with, uh, with the their Germans. German heritage. Yeah. And so they decided to just adopt the name Windsor, which was the name of a castle that they owned. Well, I mean, they make... Look, <laughs> keeping in line with what we said, right, that would totally make sense. You know, Leonardo from Da Vinci. <laughs> I was thinking the Windsor family from yep. Windsor Castle. castle. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> How... Plainly and delightfully British. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess uh, they just I don't, didn't want to be German anymore. We exactly. are. We are British. Well, I mean, if we're thinking yep. about 1910 and raising anti-Semitic, the anti-Semitic ideology in Germany, kind of makes sense. Makes a little sense. It got a little worse 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Little worse. That yeah. When you look into it, man, that whole World War II uh, Holocaust thing was something that had been brewing in Europe for a very, very long time. The Spanish Inquisition! A lot longer than what they make you believe in the history books. Yeah. It's just like, oh, Somebody, this just kind of yeah. came out of nowhere. Oh, it was Hitler that convinced everybody to hate the Jews. Well, I mean, like, he did kind of be the one who, like, pushed it over the edge. <laughs> yeah, but let's not pretend, like, so, like there Hitler was, didn't hate I the like, Jews I might get, like, a heinous roast. Time. I might get a heinous roast here. But I was think it was, I think Chappelle mentioned it, but then somebody on uh, Facebook was like, yeah, you know, like, I understand that Jewish people were discriminated against, but it's like nothing compared to the black struggle. And I'm like, well, Jews have been slaves for like 2,000 years. Don't put me in the position to have oppression yeah, Olympics with Jewish people. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying Chappelle was like, yeah, y'all are kind of like cousins. It's... <laughs> I don't want to put it like that either. Yeah, it makes it feel weird, Joe. Um, yeah, no, I'm not... <laughs> y'all both have got the shit end of the stick. That's fair. I feel like that's a fair statement to me. Yes. <laughs> Looking at the history of both cultures. Yes. Um, neither one is pretty. And the potential crossover of both. Pardon me while a cis white male educates everybody on yes. minority please. oppression. Yeah, please Dan, white explain this to me. White explain to me I'm how sorry. my oppression is similar I'm sorry. to <laughs> the Jewish experience. I have a hip hop class being taught by an old white woman. Uh, <laughs> Can she rap at least? No, but she was there in New York in the 70s. So she's like, she does know her shit. I feel like, okay, 
this is no, and she's probably gonna listen, and I want you to know that I think you are probably a sweet woman, and um, you've probably got all the best intentions, but we've also seen people who will tell their kids that they were there, you know, during the George Floyd protest, and we've all seen all gas, no brakes, and we know who those people are, <laughs> and some of them could end up to teach protest classes in college <laughs> later on down the road. Do, do we get what I'm saying here? Uh, look, we've all seen footage of people at those um, protests, which, you know, mostly were peaceful protests until, you know, violent police interaction kind of turned things into a riot. But, I mean, shoot, they were even, like, firing at just, like, reporters just for being there. Exactly. Reporters were faking gunshots. Reporters were faking gunshots. Okay, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. No, I do remember hearing about that. Um, but... That whole thing, like, because we could talk about how a lot of, like, the fires in the uh, Portland riots and stuff were started by Proud Boys and shit like that. So, I mean, splitting hairs, my whole point was people will claim they were at those events who weren't at those events. This is a really good transition. And people will exaggerate the things they did at those events while they were there. So, a poll conducted by Reuters shows that half of Republicans believe January 6th insurrection was a peaceful protest and that the riot was staged by Antifa and 60% still believe that the election was stolen from Trump. That's not news. We knew that was going to happen, <laughs> dog. 50% though? According, <laughs> according to Reuters. My man is like, damn, that's a lot more people than I did. Like, I mean, like, at hurt. the same time, too, like, I have, like a very heavy Republican family and they all also at the same time were like okay this was really fucked up yeah it was bad <laughs> like okay I guess I'm in the 50% half of the smarter half yeah uh, there is look that's kind of like the whole point of this right is a huge culture war going on right so now. you take the population of the voting class of the United States divide it by two minus that by seven million and then divide that by two, and that's how many people believe that it was peaceful. Wonderful. I think what we have here is two sets of people in this country at the moment. One who falls into a category that lives based on experience, and the other that falls into a category of people who live based on belief. I was gonna right? say, uh, there's people that are illuminated, and then people that see through the dark from gaslights. People who live by experience and people who live based on belief, right? Some people will look for sources of light in the darkness and others will continue to wander blindly hoping that their faith will guide them. Or at the same time too, like you can cling to any light if regardless of whether yeah. or not that light is shining bright or it's My mom bright. gave me a bunch of blessed right. candles for the three days of darkness in 2032. Even a because predator- candles are gonna fucking help. Well, I was gonna say, even a predator's eyes glow in the dark, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you can have, you can follow someone who can see in the dark. Yeah. I mean, let's talk anglerfish. They're there with their little light <laughs> right. to come in and trap you so they can eat you. Oh, uh, are you calling Trump an anglerfish? Would that be so wrong? His creepy <laughs> smile kind of looks like one. That's what I'm saying. Like, damn, we should have thought of that. Or a blobfish. <laughs> I don't actually know what a blobfish is. Oh, for real? <laughs> okay. 
off camera or <laughs> when we're off mic, I'll have to show you what a blobfish All looks right. like. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, though, spinning completely away off topic, mm. Doc, how are you feeling? It's been three days oh. since you oh, got yeah, yeah, the vaccine. Yes, speaking of, you know, believers. Uh, <laughs> Let's go, my man. Fuck yeah, science. Dose number two. Yeah, I'm waiting for the 16th. I am fully inoculated at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess I gotta wait a couple more but days. I think apparently it's, like, it's like two weeks before you can't spread it. But as you get the second dose, um, you are no longer viable of like getting uh, COVID. Okay. But you could Good. still spread it for two weeks. Because I was all outfit here last night with no mask on. I literally <laughs> went to, so I went to Six Flags to get my second dose. Yeah. And so I'm driving around Weird. Six Flags. Weird, it, it, already. Going to Six Flags to yeah, get a fucking vaccine. Yeah. I tell you, man, it was the worst trip to Six Flags I've ever had. I'm driving around. All I wanted to do was go on Mind Eraser. Couldn't even get myself a, a funnel. Big and then some dude in. stabbed me. <laughs> Big Gumbin stepped in and said, if you want to enjoy yourself with the money, you worked so hard to Really spend. hard to beat a miserable experience of July 4th weekend at Six Flags. You spend most of it waiting in line. Yeah, I don't really go to Six Flags that often anyway. I mean, Probably I, for the best. Probably for the best. Did you feel like... I don't feel like safest. Did it feel like clean, I guess, hygienic, maybe? Yeah, I mean, the nurses who, when they, I was going through the nurse station... You know, they did everything that you would normally do when you go get some type of shot. I mean, you go to CVS and get, you know, a flu vaccine there. Yeah, this that's probably where I'm going to go get my vaccine. Okay, so and you, you can do that. Yeah. yeah, you can do that. This yeah. was just, I decided to just go on the mass vac site to just check it out. Okay. And just see if there was availability. And when I yeah. went on, it popped up with a whole list of days that I could go. And so okay. apparently it's kind of just a keep checking, keep checking, yeah. keep checking yeah. kind of deal. Yep. But then that's going to send it's you like to... like waiting for sneaker drops. <laughs> <laughs> It'll send you to m and Bank, Six Flags, or a uh, stadium in Waldorf. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, made, <laughs> I made sure I picked Six Flags because yeah. that was pretty close to my work. I'd go to m and okay. From where I'm at. Yeah, but if you came from Pasadena, but I work in Annapolis, so I yeah. just left Annapolis and drove straight to right. Six Flags. Right, that but. makes total sense. Uh, yeah, no, I just feel like the idea of getting a vaccine at an amusement park sounds like gas station sushi. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, like, you go to a pharmacy at a convenience store, so, yeah. again, I keep looking at it that way as well, and it's like, unless my doctor actually wound up with some of the vaccine right you know you have to kind of do these situations and these nurses are true nurses they know what yeah, they're doing exactly they exactly. you know they went through all the same procedure that you would if you went to a doctor's office so right so a lot of respect for them yeah what if Absolutely. Wegmans had a gas station would you eat that sushi I'd eat Wegmans sushi what if it was Harris Teeter or Kroger mm. I can I can fuck with I wouldn't I, I don't I don't know if I'd mess with a Harris Teeter sushi gas station mm. But if Wegmans had a gas station, I, I'd, I'd probably trust that sushi. I don't know. There's something about the word gas station <laughs> that makes me feel like I shouldn't be eating things that I would normally have to sit down under candlelight to enjoy. <laughs> Instead of getting a uh, bag of chips, you get yourself a nukable gas station burrito. Right, yeah. Some no. taquitos from 7-Eleven. Yeah. And a now, California roll. Okay, now, 7-Eleven taquitos, though. <laughs> Those are good. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we were leaving Baltimore last night, I remember yeah. I was like, Look, do I go to 7-Eleven for hot dogs or do I go to McDonald's? <laughs> and I was oh, like, dude, I would take 7-Eleven taquitos over McDonald's any day. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. You might be right. 
That's a no-brainer. Oh, McDonald's had McDonald's Fountain Coke. Mm, McDonald's Fountain Coke, always the best. Okay, it doesn't matter when you're drunk. Yeah. Every Everything type, anything greasy in front of you is yep. going to be fire. Yep. Yeah, it's It fair. doesn't matter. That's I came fair. home and punished some fish tacos, and then I uh, immediately smashed, like, two pieces of pizza. It was terrible. And then you wake up today, and you're like, oh, God. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, right. that's right, everybody. We got Doc out of uh, husband-dad mode. <laughs> oh, that evil laugh. So share your story from Fed Hill. Oh, my God. It was, well, for starters, it was hilarious him even trying to leave here. Oh my yeah. <laughs> no, okay, seriously. so for those who don't know, Fed Hill is a borough. A borough in Baltimore. It's a neighborhood. It's a yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, neighborhood. I would yeah, I would call Baltimore's it. Baltimore's a small enough city that there isn't really yeah, We can't really yeah. say borough, that's not the right word, it's too small. But that it's a neighborhood. Yeah. And it is definitely the young neighborhood where It's the college, get, yeah. It's yeah. the college yep. hangout. Like get a ton of college kids going out to these bars and before the pandemic that place was swarming. Yeah, oh yeah, like, we still had to wait in line for like oh, yeah, half no, an hour to get in last night because we tried to get in. We didn't know there. I guess there was uh, was there an Orioles game last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got there as soon as the Orioles game let out. Thank God I got my second vaccine, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it was Liddy out there, bitch. We actually had to wait in line to get in the uh, Banditos, is what it was. And then I don't even know because then we went from oh shit, I went into Banditos with a bandana. <laughs> Flavor win. <laughs> Anyway, yo, continue. Yo. Uh, you know, but you would see that prior to the pandemic, too. Yeah. People just be steering straight into that curve. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want to wear bandanas to the cowboy bar? Oh, this dude, like, passed out in the... Oh, yeah, no, that dude went full ragdoll. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, we're waiting outside to get into banditos. And then there's this, like, super bougie club. Literally next door. Yeah. Like, the whole place looked like a like a Roman buttress out would, in front of yeah, it. Yeah, and it's one of them clubs that doesn't have, like, the name of the club posted oh, yeah. on the front of it. I know exactly which building you're talking about. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually even been inside that place. Yep. I was like, that doesn't look like I want to wait in line It's too bougie. Like, well, it just... Yeah, well, that dude didn't get inside last night either. So he, like, he just, buckled. like, stayed there. <laughs> he buckled waiting in line, and we're all kind of, like, talking to each other, so... I, Nobody, like, saw it at first, but we all saw the commotion, right? And then his friends get him back up, and they're trying to get him in, and the bouncer's like, nah, nah. <laughs> and this dude, and then this dude, like, takes a step back. He's beyond the velvet rope, and he's like that toy where you hit the bottom, and all, like, the whole body just, like, collapses. <laughs> he straight up happens just yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, crumple. I mean, hey, you can get really wasted in Fed Hill really easy because they will just I, also, I think that was shots. almost more like just like heat stroke like that guy didn't seem drunk it like, wasn't he seemed that like it wasn't that fucked up. like no nah. I mean it was warm enough for me to take my hoodie I went out in a hoodie and immediately as soon as we got to the banditos I took that bitch off yeah. you know? after waiting in line I was like yeah nah I'm good um, but I don't know I kind of feel like yeah that dude had something else going maybe he was on something else you know what I, I mean I can totally buy that you know if he went out and yeah. he had taken any type of uh, maybe he was doing a whole bunch of blow and yeah. it was just wearing off Yeah. or he had <laughs> taken um, shrooms I could totally buy that yeah. too because I know people used to do that all the time you know take a bunch of shrooms and then go to the bar in Fed Hill. That's a bad idea. That's a yeah, terrible yeah, mix. That's a terrible idea. That is a terrible mix, but I know people that I, did it. Last time I did shrooms, I just walked around Patapsico, sat on the riverbank and wrote until that five sounds in the like morning. a much healthier way to yeah, handle that. It much, that's that's the kind of shit shrooms is made for you. Yeah. Friends still tried to take him into the bar. And I'm like, y'all really? <laughs> like, no, take that man home. He's done. He's done. 
part of me wanted to yell, he's got COVID. But I felt like <laughs> <laughs> that might be screaming fire. You should have done what Vince said and just be like anything with the in the front. He's got the vid. <laughs> so on the flip side of things, where I was at the other neighborhood that I was at in Canton. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I went to the Urban Axe throwing, which was a blast. Did uh, the brewery for a little while and sat in their beer garden, which was fantastic. Ooh. Okay. Like, it was a beautiful day for that. Yeah. And then we went to go get food at Nacho Mama's. Ah, and, uh, how was that? I've never been there, but funny. I've heard good things about it. Nacho Mama's. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm there getting dinner, and uh, me and my date are sitting there, and we're chatting, and she knew the yeah. bartenders, so, like, okay. we're interacting with them and yeah. having, like, a wonderful time. And this couple sits down at the two seats next to us, and you know how they have them kind of spaced out. Right. Um, the but they sat the... down and immediately just continued whatever fight they had discontinued to get into the bar. <laughs> they sat down and immediately started fighting with one another, and the two bartenders, me and my date, are just kind of looking at each other like, is this for real? Or are they right. just bickering for the sake of bickering? And then it started going, like, low. And I was like, oh, this is getting dirty. I was like, this actually is bad. Like, Popcorn! <laughs> I, was like, I was like, hey, so uh, about that beer that I really needed. Uh, yeah, can I that, get that? Can I have that go? now? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like they walked Bartenders in. Bartenders like, wait for commercial break. <laughs> right, they walk in thinking a whole, you know, forgetting that there's a whole ass world around them. And then the argument becomes to the point where the whole ass world kind of stops just to listen to watch and listen and they're like dredging shit up from the past from like 20 years ago and i'm like yikes i was like i don't think they realize how drunk they are and how loud they are right now yeah it feels good to be around that kind of stuff again and not have it be me (laughs) no no, i mean just to be outside and get in around like hey what happened when you went to canton for the first time in over a year well i definitely got yelled at by someone on the street um, <laughs> I had uh, someone in front of Looney's spill beer all over me as they were trying to go to their next bar. Damn. We didn't have the beer spilling on us. No, nah, but we okay. did end our night with a bar fight, though. Yes, we did. All right, details. We didn't get into a bar fight, but there was a bar fight on our way out of the bar. So we went from Bandito's, which is like your hipster college bar, to a bar I don't remember the name of. Neither do I, out in Fells Point. And, um... That bar, both bars were great. Right? So I this was, bar I was the one point. white guy in the group of, of six of us, right? Already. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I'm already joking that I'm Chip. We go to the second bar, and I'm literally one of two white guys, and I might have been the only white guy, because yeah. that guy was, like, racially ambiguous. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, wow. That's not Chip. I am Chip. He literally was, like, the only white guy in that bar. I don't even think any of the bartenders were white. But so this fight, though. Because it sounds <laughs> oh, yeah, like y'all had a wonderful oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So this fight. Yes. We're, we're in this, this Somebody bar. Somebody passed out at that shit. bar, too. Like, in a chair or, like, over the bar? No, like, he was standing next to me, right? And then, like, and his friends had, like, I guess gotten him away from the table because he was too drunk or whatever. So he was, like, leaning up against the wall. And it was... This bar was packed. Um, it's probably good that we don't remember the name of this bar because yeah, I don't want to get, get them in trouble. In trouble. <laughs> but this bar was packed because it was like, you know, we're shoulder to shoulder, that motherfucker. They was definitely packed to capacity. Thank God. Oh, yeah. I got my and they vaccine. made full use of the, the trick with the mirrors in the club to make it look bigger. Yeah. Yo, um, thank God I got my vaccine. I don't know. I'm sitting there chatting it up with my peoples. And then the next thing I know, I feel that push lean, you know, when everybody is like, 
Yeah, and all like at a concert, you. you're like, oh, and shit. And I look so- over, and homeboy is on the ground. <laughs> Girl standing in between me and him is like pushed up against me because he's like on her thigh. Did you know the girl? No. Oh, that's even better. Because you, dude, you're sitting there, you're like, all right, all right, come on, let's move. This, yeah, <laughs> thing, the dude was coming down the ramp, too. So he was throwing a Superman punch at this girl. And I'm like, no, you talking about the fight. I'm talking about when dude passed out before that. So on the way out, I don't know what happened. I hear a bunch of commotion. The DJ is like, "Hey, hey, stop that! Stop that!" <laughs> oh, yeah. I turn around and I see this dude, like as Zig put it, coming up with the Donkey Kong <laughs> <laughs> from out of nowhere to this little Hispanic shorty who was like fucking spider climbing over like eight people oh, yeah. to get to him, yo. It was hilarious. Drinks was being thrown. I don't know why they started fighting, but it just all of a sudden turned into a fucking Royal Rumble match. And <laughs> it was everything to... I wanted out of that bar. I was like, yep, I got super heavy bass and I saw a fight. Great. Yep. <laughs> all right, time to move on. We were already leaving and I was like, well, I guess that is time that it was perfect sign that it was time to go home. <laughs> like, That's probably a good cue to call it a night. Yep. <laughs> As probably a, parent, a good cue. I was like, you know what? I remember these times. And I remember when I stayed out too late. <laughs> and I remember that. No, this is normal. Bye, guys. Break. You're too much of a, like, Democrat or a socialist now at this point. Like, my fucking in-laws would probably shit themselves if they knew I was actually, like, if I actually told them that I identify as a democratic socialist, they would be like, what the fuck? What does that even mean? How can you be a democrat and a socialist? Hello, talk the fucking <laughs> FDR. <laughs> Come on. This is just like the... Like, it's why whenever I have people over at uh, my house for those poker nights, Ooh. I mean, we had someone one time, like, try to get political, and I'm like, we are here to drink beer and play cards. Yeah. I was like, yeah. don't, don't bring him that into my house. <laughs> the sign, you should just get a sign and tap it. <laughs> Hang it on my wall. Yep. We are here, here to, to drink, drink beer and, and play, play cards. cards. Don't make me tap the sign. <laughs> I'll get, like, a little, like, ruler. Yeah. Like a big three-yardstick. Uh, uh, Whack! <laughs> Just see, like, yep. politics, religion, and salty magic stories forbidden past this point. You do a good job of keeping that under control with your salty magic stories. I'm proud of you for that. I'm they have hurt. been getting me really fucking yeah, salty Yeah, I was gonna say, you've lately. been pretty hurt. You've been pretty hurt. So can we tell the folks what else has been getting us salty lately? We will have no Paul Pierce slander here. <laughs> None. None. Man is a champion. He not only got fired for strippers, he then goes back on IG Live and says, fuck ESPN. That ass looks like two Celtics championships. That clip was amazing, by the way. (laughs) I laughed for a good, like, solid 10 minutes about that. It's so great. It's so great. Oh, man. Paul Pierce, what a champion. It's just so funny to watch all of his IG stuff now. What else do we have? He also is just that guy who's like, I give zero fucks. Yeah. Zero. Um, so I guess we got rep to Darkman X. Yep. Rip to Darkman X. Yeah, I'm almost kind of upset at myself for not starting the episode with it. We didn't want to start with that big of a downer. Uh, 
But if we need to talk about it, I mean, that man leaves behind a huge legacy. Yeah. Legend. Absolute legend. I mean, it cannot be. I said this last time. We right? did a preemptive obit for him last time, right? Because uh, I was hoping he would get better, right? Like, the redemption arc of that would have been so Wild. great. I think that's kind of what made this so sad is because we've all wanted DMX to get better for so long. Oh, yeah. Ever since the whole incident with him impersonating the police officer and taking that lady's car. And, um, but we're not here to talk about those things. <laughs> no, we all it's know just that one of my earliest memories of DMX outside of music. But also, fucking Cradle to the Grave. What like, is your favorite must non- Rough Riders party are like the four main DMX songs. What is your favorite? Not one of those. Mine's What's My Name. I believe it, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but I believe it's Sliding. Slipping. Slipping. I'm Thank slipping. you. Slipping. Slipping. I've had that song stuck in my head since I found out that they I'm pulled the plug. I'm embarrassed to hear that I'm like sitting here drawing a blank for a second. I'm like, yeah, why do I not remember good. the song that? This shit happens to me all the time. Look, he asked that question right, and literally, um, we that Friday, um, all I was listening to <laughs> was DMX on the way to take Jazz to the babysitter. Yes, because I'm that kind of parent. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce him young, man. Yeah. I mean, but, like, also, at the same time, like, we all know that he's had this crazy dark past, but at the same time, like, the dude was always so funny. Yeah, that's kind of, look, that's why I kind of brought up the police impersonating a police officer thing, (laughs) because it was pretty hilarious. (laughs) It was sad, but it was hilarious. (laughs) Um, No, and he's never been cagey about his dark past. That's why he, he was Dark Man X, you know? He's always talked about his demons that he's been battling he made music out of it like the songs where he like he's literally got like a three run called damien and it's him you know having these discussions with the devil selling his soul and it's and that was like one of those really heavy introspective ones where he was also explaining his own faith and religion as well and demons and how he dealt with being abandoned and alone and betrayed by his mentors and stuff like that and being out there on the streets by himself like the man led an extremely hard life and that's what i was explaining to desmond while we were listening to the music but you know he really was a product of these streets man (laughs) and i i his legacy unfortunately will be musical side yeah he's one of the most distinct voices oh yeah in hip-hop yeah you know immediately when it's dmx you know i was thinking about it and um as i was listening to dmx i heard his influence in a lot of these new artists like you know especially like xxx tentacion when i think about like some of his music and stuff like that a lot of it does have that dark aggressive like it's almost like goth rap but like not goth rap like dmx had horrorcore Kind horror? of horrorcore. I mean, look at the fucking the cover of it's dark and hell is hot. Like this thing is dripping in blood and shit like that. Lil Nas X influenced by DMX. Not well. Oh jeez. Well, I mean, he. You might. Okay, but not DMX is ne- DMX is never going to be given the devil a lap dance. No, no you're not. Let's just no. get that out right now. <laughs> but DMX the devil would hold imagery though. Hold, but That's DMX true. would wholeheartedly. 
uh, stamp snapping the devil's neck. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, little bit of a difference, you know. The influence is right. there. Right. Totally different style. Yeah. And I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? I mean, I mean like it's, you never want to play like drives. DMX really did sound like he was almost like Clark when he was rapping. Yeah. I aside from all that, the man was a poet. I really think it's not like. He was the most technically sound artist, you know. He's not out here fast rapping and shit like Eminem and all that. But I mean, lyrically speaking, I think his sound, his style was entirely unique and um, his own. And I don't think it will ever be duplicated. The way he brought like spoken word into his music and stuff like that. He didn't that. write the best lines. He didn't like have the greatest flow, but it was so perfect for him and his character. I don't know. I mean, he definitely had flow, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, like, I'm not saying he's... I'm not looking at DMX for his flow like Eminem or both, though. Right. But also, at the same time, you know, it, I'm not trying to rank rappers here, especially because, like... It's fucking impossible? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you guys have had that discussion enough times. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, as, you know, just a white boy from the suburbs... I still knew who DMX was as a child. Right. The same way I knew who Snoop Dogg was, and the same way I knew who Eminem was, and like I could totally listen to it and get fired up in a way that I couldn't with some other rappers. And that right, who the fuck can't listen to Party Up and get fucking hyped? and get hyped <laughs> and just Damn ready? Damn. So I mean, like it was one of those. He was one of those rappers that really stretched across all delegations. It, it, and that. Kind of was my point, right? Dude was like, global. He was a cultural icon, and it's wild to me how this product of the streets, uh, to, to boil it down to, I guess, its simplest contextual form, became such a cultural phenomenon. Like, DMX really was like that, that nigga for real, like gangster, and so many different ways. That's why I keep bringing up like fucking Cradle to the Grave and Romeo Must Die. Like, this thing was in action movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not my favorite movie, Belly, yo. Like, I mean, The Stamp is definitely... Future Dan, use DMX instrumentals. Edit this part. And just the emotional impact of this past week as we've been kind of watching his story too and yeah. like the amount of fans that like really kind of rallied like yeah came out of man, the woodwork pull really through man. like yeah trying to cheer him honestly, on honestly man. for like three days straight he was like 20 of the top 25 trends on twitter the influence that's what i mean like prince philip died the same day and it wasn't even fucking news right because dmx was dead and that's what i'm talking about like the impact that this man had who the fuck his, is prince philip his story wasn't he i guess the eldest of queen elizabeth's kids i think i don't know actually no I'll it was just... her husband it was her husband yeah Again, British royal family again, makes no goddamn sense. Again, DMX dies. I guess Prince Philip died. I didn't know that was a thing, and that is the point that we're yeah, trying to that make. Was, that was my boy. <laughs> that is a hundred percent the point we are trying to make. Yep. I said Prince Philip. That's let's let's get that into perspective. I said Prince Philip died, and they were like, <laughs> "Who the fuck is Prince Philip?" Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, look at know? that. Dies on April 9th. Place of death, Windsor Castle. What do you know? Yep. Did they ever Dead leave that Duke. place? <laughs> and the grand champ, and guess who came out? Because guess whose story is more fucking inspiring, right? <laughs> the dude who battled. And a lot of what... See, when we talked about DMX, I kind of wanted to take the time to talk about addiction. And the reason I brought up his Damien song is because a lot of the demon songs that he did or the songs where he was talking to the devil or dealing with demons and stuff like that was him dealing with his addiction and his dark like past and how he came to be the person he was why he leaned so heavily on his like faith and stuff and he got that from like his grandmother who raised him and you know he talked about all of that in his music and I feel like a lot of the times we miss the important message of what like these artists are trying to say like I explained this to my son love Juice World, right and like every time we listen to a Juice World song I felt like I had to take that moment to be like you hear these lyrics? This man has a problem. Like, it's cool. That, yes, the song is fun and we can sit here and sing about it and enjoy it. But, like, he's telling you guys he has a problem. He takes these drugs to make the pain go away is how the song goes. Right? And we can enjoy that. Fine, because he put it out there as art for us to enjoy. But when the artist goes in the same way that he's been telling y'all he's gonna go we can't fucking act surprised anymore like, i mean we all know like that that is kind of the dark side of being some type of artist almost every yeah. single artist in some way for whatever i mean i'm i'm so logic and number based that it's kind of hard for me sometimes to yeah. really understand and i can put myself in the artist's shoes and i'm fucking nuts it's okay we still love you i know but <laughs> you know as someone who comes from numbers and logic yeah. and engineering and that world yeah. sometimes when I have to step back and listen to this song I mean like because it this is something that isn't just isolated with rap this transcends no. all music genres yep. and all art yep. styles you're absolutely right so when all of a sudden fucking like, Amy Winehouse <laughs> um, Sublime's lead singer for example Bradley you know, Noel overdosed mm. on heroin um, you listen to a lot of Sublime songs and it's like, yeah, okay, this is a chill vibe, but we're chilling and talking about doing drugs yeah. constantly. Semi-Charmed Life by, uh, Blind. Doing crystal life. meth will lift you up until you break, it won't stop. Yeah, and that's wow. like, you listen to Semi-Charmed Life wow. and it's just, oh, this is a happy, upbeat song. Yeah, straight up says, doing crystal meth will lift you up until it breaks, you won't stop. That's why I brought up Amy Winehouse, because... She literally, she made a song about how she was refusing to go get help for her problem, <laughs> right? And it became a fucking global number one charting hit. And we all were singing, they tried to make me go to rehab, and then it, she died. I heard that she died. in the coffee shop that I worked at. Because she didn't go to rehab. And because of the fact that that reached such high levels of like borderline, I guess it was pop, and all of a sudden, it's like... It's the absurdity that really blows my mind about it because we're still, like, I guess... Percocet. Molly, Molly, Percocet. Okay, look. Please help me find Molly. <laughs> look. Atlanta's I enjoy the songs, too, right? Like, that's the, this, this is the hard part, right? To parcel these things. And this is, once again, 
this is the purpose of this show to take the and have this discussion because what do you do when you enjoy the content right like you enjoy the music you enjoy the art like but you don't want to be responsible for people's kids like being influenced by the shit or like or for artists continuing to indulge themselves in a way because they think it's going because it is feeding their habit and then on top of that i mean they're able to turn a profit from it and they're singing about their lifestyle yeah or rapping about their lifestyle and a lot of the people who listen to it don't take the second to dig deeper into the lyrics I mean, there's so many times where I haven't, where I'm just jamming to a song, and like... Yeah, most people don't actually, like, go as far into the lyrics as, like, me and you do die. No, absolutely not, but that's my point. And then when these artists die, like, when Mac Miller dies after making a song called Self Care, like, here's what'll happen, right? People literally came up with conspiracy theories that this was, like, a government hit or some, like, sacrifice, right? Because... In the video for self-care, Mac is digging himself out of a grave. This video came out, like, I want to say a month or two before his overdose. So we're left in this, like, state of grief because this artist that we love because they speak for us, right? Like, they say the things that we can't vocalize and express and that's why we tune into these kind of songs like a lot of these drug songs i feel like are being fueled by the fact that the economy the culture war we need a form of escapism right that's like why our action movies are so fucking nuts fast and furious went from being about car racing and car stealing to throwing tanks out of planes let's go ahead and have our nice tuner with a uh little like modded eclipse in episode or in the first movie to all of a sudden we are jumping out of planes with with parachutes big enough to land these cars yeah yeah and jumping a bugatti across three of the buildings in dubai but you're right like i mean a lot of the things that happened with you know musicians are the easiest ones because they literally say it like uh lenny staley from alice in chains he wrote the song nutshell and the last line of that song is, I'd feel better dead. Am I surprised that he overdosed on heroin? No, not really. No, I mean, but people will be, though. Well, the, the shock factor is still there. At the end yeah. of the day, yeah, they've been saying this for years in their songs and nobody really listened, but at the end of the day, they still ended up overdosing on these drugs, and there is a shock factor to that, yeah. where all of a sudden you turn on the news and I mean, like, I, I admit what? I was shocked right. when Kurt Cobain was murdered. And not that he overdosed. I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one until we have. There were no, there were no <laughs> fingerprints on the gun. Continue. Do your. There yeah, were no fingerprints on the gun. You had, had more. He had more. He had more heroin in his system. It could put down a fucking horse. The suicide note looked actually like a divorce note until the second half where they made it look like a suicide note, and that was actually in different handwriting. The gun was actually so big that there's no possible way with this doped up as he was that he could put it into his mouth and pull the trigger. <sighs> you've been Courtney Love is a bitch. You've been waiting on that one for a while, ain't you? But he just proved my point, though. That whole Kurt Cobain thing proves my point. Everybody was so struck in with grief from Kurt's death, right? Because he was this cultural icon who spoke across aisles, who spoke across cultural gaps. Dr. Dre's favorite uh, rock song is Smells Like Teen Spirit. 
that a whole conspiracy theory formed around the fact that this man couldn't have taken his own. It's life. more just like fact. Regardless of what the truth is, the fact is people couldn't handle what was being put presented in front of their own face. The artist who talked about how he wanted to be dead took his own life and people were Murdered. like, nah. I was shocked because um, he was murdered. There was a big... Uh, I mean, it's fair. There was a large conspiracy around um, Tupac. Chester... Well, there was definitely a large conspiracy around Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> Seven-year theory is wild. Um, but Chester... Uh, uh, was Chester Benning? Bennington? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I believe it's Chester Bennington. Um, there was a whole conspiracy because he was like this big advocate for um, child molestation and trafficking. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to apparently expose some light. Now I'm repeating uh, this conspiracy uh, theory from yeah. someone else who was doing their own level of digging, but I don't think they yeah. truly believed it. They were just yeah. writing a paper on it, okay. um, on the conspiracy theory yeah. itself, yeah. Yeah. and how he um, was involved in child trafficking and abuse, and not him doing it, but had been abused himself, yeah. and was trying to shed uh, light on it and bring this to the world, and working yeah. on like some documentary, yeah. and then all of a sudden, now he hung himself. But at the same time, if you step back, a lot of Linkin Park songs are very depressing. Oh, absolutely. 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 That's kind of the reason why I love the band. In the I end, it doesn't really even matter? Listen, right. Never really listen to them, because their songs make me sad. Even the songs that are supposed to make me feel good make me sad. (laughs) In the end, super sad, numb, and terribly sad. Yep. That's actually one of the reasons that I really like The Strokes, uh, is because they'll have like a really like upbeat, perfect kind of song for like a mood. And then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, wow, this is really melancholic and revealing. But you would never listen to it because it just, it all sounds like ding, 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 Like just yeah. chill, happy music. That was the same thing with Ballyhoo, which is an Aberdeen band, yeah. if you yeah. haven't heard of them. Um, but I was listening to them on the way over because like they have beach music, right? right. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's beautiful, it's 75 out. Yeah. I'm driving with the windows down. I really wanted to get on the water today. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm gonna listen to Ballyhoo on the way over to Doc and Ziggy. It's gonna be a blast. And one of their songs come on it, it was called Social Drinker, and it was just like super depressing as this dude, like one of the, one of the lines was like, save me from myself, I'm a firestorm. Damn, don't you hate that? It's like, I wanted to have a good day today. I was like, don't do this to me. I was like, I've been riding such a natural high on the way over here all day. I was like, don't be doing this to me, come on. Uh, Don't bring me to. I was like, I got to. Realization with my mortality, stop it. I was like, don't be doing this to me. I was like, you know, I had a wonderful day on Friday. I got to read the final chapter of Attack on Titan. We had this yes. wonderful video. No spoiler. I'm not going to tell you anything. I um, finally finished the season, so. Um, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but we had this wonderful video chat with some of my friends across the country. Okay. As we all came together, we're like, yes. everyone get a beer, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to read this chapter, and we're going to do it across oh, Discord. That's, that's and, uh Did you guys take turns? I like that. Uh, we just had one guy share a screen, and um, we all, like, I mean... No one was like reading out loud. We just oh. would like pan through. Everyone would get a chance to read, but you would hear us as we read it. We'd be like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like as like every single person managed yeah. to get through a panel. But like, that was also like maybe an hour later was when yeah. we were like, "Oh, uh, so DMX died." 
<sighs> and it just bringing it all back. No, bringing it all back because it is it's concerning, right? Um, especially because when you take it to the macro perspective and you look outside of just the celebrities that we're dealing with here, um, addiction is bec- increasingly becoming a problem and is still a problem in this country. And I just wonder if the form of escapism that we're consuming, I don't, I don't want to say it's enabling it or I don't know. I, I get to this point where I'm like, is it too much? Especially coming from somebody who primarily listens to, you know, hip hop, where that kind of shit is like prevalent. Like it's all throughout it. Like Zig said earlier, <laughs> Molly Perks. <laughs> I mean, Queens of the Stone Age, I have a tattoo for that band and they have a song that goes, Oh, nicotine, Valium, Vicodin, marijuana, ecstasy, and alcohol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? As yeah. a whole, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, the amount of drugs that, like, rock bands deal with as well, you know. The legend of the rock star, a lot of it just comes from The Who. Like, Keith Moon, like, throwing fridges out of, like, fourth-story hotel rooms and then jumping into the pool. And uh, Keith, yeah. Keith Richards from, uh... Yep. Yeah. Rolling Stones. You ever hear the legend that Rolling he Stones did? He and, uh, snorted some of his dad's ashes with a line of blow. I believe that. I don't. I, totally I don't need to have that, that be a rumor. I totally believe. Oh that. yeah. Um, what about the? God damn it! Not Guns N' Roses, but Motley uh, Crue. Yes. Motley yeah. Crue. Yep. I know exactly where you're going with that because I also yeah. grew up listening to Motley <laughs> Crue. I love Motley Crue. I can oh, always get fired up listening to them. One but, of the most like American fucking moments I've ever seen. I worked at a bike, uh, a motorcycle shop when I was a teenager for like three days, and that was just their gopher, right? So I went into the shop and the custom shop, and there, one of the guys has got like tattoos all down his arm. He's got like that spiked up like. 50-something gray hair who's like, yeah, I'm still a biker. And he's sitting there and he's welding and you see sparks flying while Kickstart My Heart is just blaring at the fucking thing. And I'm like, what music video is being filmed? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I mean, at the same time, like, you can't, like, I can't mention Motley Crue without immediately going, whoa, yeah, right in my head. I I can't help it. That song, I mean, like, that whole band was part of my childhood. And so... You know, I mean, I've read plenty of articles from Rolling Stones about the wildness that was right. their life. Right. And, you know, then they made that movie The Dirt based off of their own book. And while a little bit of it was fantasized, yeah. a lot of that shit happened. Right. And, you know, when you look at... Uh, it was Tommy Lee, Nikki Six, and who were the other two? Uh, Vince... Um, don't put me on the spot like that. Yeah, whatever. It was... Uh, he does that to me. Tommy, Le- Tommy Lee... Nick Mars, Tommy Lee, Nikki Six, and Vince... Uh, he had a normal last name. Whatever. <laughs> a normal last name. Vince Normal. Last Tommy Lee and Nikki Six are the normal last name. Tommy Lee and Nikki Six are the important ones. Yeah, well, they were the ones uh, who... I mean, like, granted, Vince had his own fair share of uh, run-ins, but he ended up getting that DUI where he ended up uh, causing an accident and people died. He got thrown in the slammer for a while and everything, and they had to... They, he was forced to, like, get clean. Ferris Bueller did that too. Didn't one of them get so high they like walked into the ocean and almost drowned themselves? I don't think that was them, but there was. The whole song from Kickstart My Heart was because of the fact that Nikki Six overdosed on heroin with Slash. Yeah. They 100% did not put that in the movie. Yeah. They wanted <laughs> yeah. to keep Slash out of it, but yeah. he was 
fucking with him, and Slash was there. We're all together, all the all the time. Yeah, well, so Slash and Slash, Slash and Nikki, got some wild stories too. Slash and Nikki always used to do heroin together, and then Nikki overdosed, and so he ended up getting thrown into an ambulance, and they put adrenaline into straight into his heart, and they like they fucking did in a fucking Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah, and then the EMT was like, shit. this is Nikki fucking six. I'm not letting him die. And he grabs a second one and stabs him in the heart with him. He had two injected into him and he pops awake. And um, then he actually, they didn't depict this in the movie as well, but they actually had him uh, just somehow he got out of the ambulance and was back at his house and had more heroin that he had injected into himself. But he actually had to like break out of handcuffs to get out of that ambulance. That's hilarious. To go do more heroin. So this Slash, oh my Slash God. had another, <laughs> I was about to say Slash had another really wild story, but it's more or less like the same story. So Slash actually collapsed in an elevator and somebody came and they did the adrenaline shot to the heart and Slash gets up and he grabs his six pack, says thanks and walks away. It's a different world, man. And you yeah. know, it, it makes you look at how, uh, you know, these things are all around us. I mean, I've had right. five surgeries and, you know, two of them were major reconstruction of my um, collarbones where I had Ooh. titanium put into both collarbones. Shit. And uh, This so, doesn't surprise me from the guy that talks about mountain biking. I mean, yeah. I, both of them were from mountain biking accidents, too. Um, I kind of figured. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but, no, the I mean, the amount of, especially in 2014 when I blew apart my left collarbone, the amount the of... The way you said that, just now blew apart. Like, there's I no just better word for it. It, it was busted like to seven Like a Mortal Kombat fucking, like, critical hit yeah, thing? Yeah, exactly, yep. I mean, I, I hit the ground so hard with that one. Oh, I, my God. I ended up overshooting a jump. And yeah. I landed nose heavy, and I managed to get both tires back down, but it was two jumps in succession. Yeah. So I landed the first one and was immediately about to go off the kicker for the next one. And I was like, in my little millisecond of reaction time, yeah. I was like, I'm going to get hurt if I go off this jump. So I went around it. And I got to the right, and I was going through the grass around the jump. Yeah. And it turns out that they had dug the landing ramp uh, from the dirt right shit. next to the jump, so there was a big-ass hole in the ground. Shit. And I just went 30 miles an hour into yeah, that dude. hole. So, I mean, like, shit happens. Yeah. I am really big yep. into action sports, yeah. and this stuff happens. So. I, uh, I was mountain biking. Uh, how old do you know Crofton? How old do I know Crofton? Yeah. Enough to know there's no mountain biking trails there. So, funny thing. <laughs> in the middle of the Crofton <laughs> Parkway, they actually made a dirt track. Like, a bunch of people just, like, built... A like, dirt track. Like like rollers and a pump track kind of scenario? Yeah, with like bank turns, jumps, landing things. Yeah. That sounds fun. Why haven't I known about this? Because <laughs> it's all gone now. Damn it. Damn but uh, it used see. to be like a full dirt see? track. Don't get, don't get my hopes up like that. Right. And uh, one time I was, I, uh, I also landed nose heavy on the landing pad, but I flipped over. So then the handlebar hits me on the inside of my uh, leg, my thigh, and it's on top of me, so the handlebar falls up my thigh and ends up hitting me in the balls. And it was the most miserable walk home I've ever had. I mean, it is a very, it's a very dangerous sport to get involved in too. I mean, it's different than skiing or snowboarding where if you end up falling, you're landing on snow. Yeah. Right. Mountain biking, you're going to land on dirt and it hurts. Dirt hurts. And yeah. <laughs> dirt hurts. Dirt hurts. And yep. so it, one of the things that really separates someone from being 
a great rider and someone like myself who gets injured is the ability to crash without getting hurt mm-hmm. because these things happen. There but, is a way to do it. I mean, stunt... Uh, falling with yeah. style. I was going to say stunt people, you know, you have to the, do that kind of shit when they're jumping out of cars and all that. Oh, yeah. And the thing that I always found hardest with mountain bikes is I just I have an issue getting away from the bike. I get tangled in it. I can't get eject, ejected yeah. from the bike. Yeah, right. isn't that one of the things, like, throw the bike away from you? The bike can survive. You know, you can fix the bike pretty easily. Yeah. Like, that was one of the best things about BMX for me, is I was able to just throw this smaller bike away. But yeah. as soon as I upgraded to a heavier, a heavier larger bike, it yeah. became really tough for me to yeah. untangle yeah. myself from the bike. I know I've had a lot of crashes where I've had great escapes from it, but yeah. I've had two where I just... You gotta work on your push exercises. Yeah. Had two where it just was unfeasible, which brings me back to the point of 2014 and how crazy the um, oxycotton and hydrocodone uh, yes. scenario was then because I got post-surgery 60 or 90 pills. I can't remember exactly, but it was way too much. It was absolutely way too much. And I stopped after two days because I was like, that's enough. I was like, I'm starting to get headaches at my four hour mark. I was like, I don't want to deal with this because at the four hour mark, I would get these headaches and it was like, oh, time for another pill. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this. You get these triggers and that's what people don't understand, right? Is like, especially the people who are like, oh, addiction's not like, I feel like disease is weird terminology um, because it's not explained well why they classify it as a disease. It's kind of like calling addiction a disease. It's like calling a banana a berry, right? Like a banana is technically a berry, but no, nobody's going to look at a blueberry. It's a berry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The uh-huh. more you know. I didn't know that. But he makes a great point, though, because calling addiction and a disease, yeah, there, it is a disease, but it is difficult to really associate the two yeah and but i don't have an addictive personality but i was still feeling this drive to take this oxycontin yep as i was trying now i had a good reason to i was in a lot of pain but i was like you know what you don't need three months supply i was like i don't need 90 pills where I was taking one every four to six hours. Right. I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, this is how you wind up getting addicted. Yeah, because, because it becomes a habit, right? And then you get the headaches and, and you're then like... you start building a tolerance to it, so you have to start taking more. Yep. yep. I was like, no. And no. then your brain builds these pathways, right? Like, I got the headaches, now I gotta take the pills. And it just becomes a common thing for you. And then the next thing you know, it's been fucking two years and you're still getting prescribed these Oxycontin and you don't know why because your shoulder doesn't actually hurt anymore right but your brain now you got these headaches and shit and you're like because it fucks with your mental system more so than i mean yes yes great thank you for thank you for blocking the nerves to my shoulder yep i needed that after surgery and it lasted i mean like i switched after two or three days to ibuprofen yeah. And I started taking ibuprofen as a way to kind of help with it. Now, yeah. I, and I just kind of stomached and dealt ibuprofen with pain. Ibuprofen and pain management. Right. right. We don't do pain management. It's like I, I did nothing for two weeks no. while my body had to adapt to this foreign object that had gotten placed into my, yeah. into my body. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I'll never forget when the surgeon was like, okay, well, if your collarbone is healed up, you know, and you want to get rid of it, we can totally take out the titanium. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I was like, it's staying. I was like, please do not cut me back open this right. thing out of this fucking titanium. Yeah, I was like, I will just live with it in my body for the rest of my life. I was like, 
do not get me. I can explain to the fucking people at the airport why it beeps. It's good. <laughs> Actually, I don't set off the metal detectors at the airport. They're not strong enough. Uh, we tested you? that out at uh, one of my internships. Uh, one of the guys who uh, worked in electric yeah. wanted to really make this intense uh, metal detector to see if he could tell which one of my shoulders had the uh, and you metal volunteered in it. for it. Huh? I mean. A metal detector is simply an induction. Uh, yeah, that's fair. It's just an induction <laughs> wire where it's yeah. then running up to a speaker. Yeah. You know, it's nothing complicated. So no, it's I, not like you're technically a waiver. You are right. some percentage cyborg. You are correct. Isn't that fun to say? Yep. Yeah, All right. So no, here's a here's another thought question. If a 99 pound girl eats a one pound burrito, is she one percent burrito? Are we gonna go really crazy with this and break it down by the components of the burrito? Right, because are we classifying the components What are we using of... for soul data? Break! God damn, Jimmy. This some serious gourmet shit. Me and Vincent would have been satisfied with some freeze-dried tasty joints, right? <laughs> Niece brings this serious gourmet shit on you. What flavor is this? Oh, is the thing it H. with John, John Hamm, Benjamin or is it John H. Benjamin? So the thing with John Hamm is he's just it's so hard to separate him from the Don Draper character, but if he's gonna play live action, he's just Don Draper with a sense of humor. Or no, he's stupid Don Draper. Live action archer. Yeah, live action Spec archer. archer. Specify. Yes. Large yes. Live action were. archer. He would basically just be stupid Don Draper. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like John Hamm might be a little too old to play Archer, unless they were gonna do like an old man Archer. Yeah. They could also just de-age him. That's fair. I mean... He was in the running to be casted as Tony Stark, actually. Was he? Yeah, actually... I didn't see that. Like, yeah, he was one of the ones that they thought of. He never got like a... Uh, oh, oh, so he was just like... Yeah, but there were a lot of... A couple of I looked it up. Uh, I can't remember why I looked it up recently but uh oh it was for class but there was a couple of people who actually almost got the role before tony stark like nicholas before uh robert Robert downey jr (laughs) yeah before robert downey jr thank you i mean he's real life tony stark he's tony stark for real life the way that like ryan reynolds was just born to play deadpool that, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. was meant for the role of Tony Stark. I've said this before, but uh, pull into the 2000s would be Dane Cook. I don't feel like it would have been know. that good of a movie. I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I don't know about that. But what about um, what about John Cho as Spike Spiegel? Who's John Cho? Harold from Harold and Kumar. Oh, nah. So, all right, I have. Don't this. say nah, cause that's fucking happening. He is Spike Spiegel okay. in the live action of Cowboy Bebop. So here's here's the thing with me in live action anime. That's gonna be wild. With, I mean, so you remember I don't we think said it'll be bad, but is it gonna be Cowboy Bebop? I don't know. My uh, mm. the hot take I had about Full Metal Alchemist movie. It should have been a Western release. I'm doing my final my final project for one of my classes on exactly that. I don't know, the one that really stands out that was fantastic was Alice in Borderland. Mm. If you watched any of that, that was 
wonderfully done. Like the it was, live action remake or the live action joint on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Okay, so I started the watching. Crazy, the fr- it's got crazy live action Netflix yeah. budget yeah. and. So you're saying that's worth finishing because I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, I could get into this, but you know how Netflix. I is. mean, there's only eight episodes, and then mm. the second season, which will be the end of it is December of this year. Okay. So, like, yeah, there's going to be, like, 16 episodes, and they're going to cover the entire manga. Okay. Because the big thing is they were spot on with the manga. Okay. So it was just like, okay, I'm really enjoying this. You have a high-end budget. It's not, like, ridiculous acting, and the bloodshed, because there is a lot of bloodshed, is not comical. Yeah. The way it was for, like, a movie like Saul. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay, I'm playing with it. Because they have some, like, Saul traps in the show where they're, like, they have exploding neck collars, and in Saul it was just like, okay, here's all this fake red blood, and by the way, we're going to throw some organs in there. It's like, but their neck blew up. So what is the anime about, essentially? They get um, pulled into some alternate version of Tokyo, and they have to compete in death games in order to survive. So if the very first episode they end up getting the four of clubs and then they or it was the three or four of clubs and they end up beating the game and then they could survive for three more days before they had to compete in another game this sounds like dead man wonderland too um it was a i also got like a big uh by the way that's an awful anime dead man wonderland i don't know why people love that never watched it I haven't watched it. But so they end up being stuck in this alternate version of Tokyo. And if they don't compete in the games and they let their, they they call it when they win the game, they call their extension a visa. Mm-hmm. And so if they continue their visa or they let their visa run out, a satellite will shoot a laser down and kill them. So for whatever reason, they, whatever game operator is setting these games up has a way to track each and every one of these characters and will kill them if they do not compete in the games when their visa expires. That guy sounds well, like a I sociopath. I think I was reading this manga um, on this app I have called, I think it's like Manga Master or something like that. Um, yeah, but I don't, I didn't remember what the title of it was. And when I saw the live action, like when I was reading the synopsis, I was like, this totally sounds like that manga I was reading. <laughs> Probably is. Yeah, I just, yeah, I couldn't tell because I guess the way the first I guess the first edition of the book I opened up with kind of like threw you into the world already. Like it didn't really explain what it was until like the game was going. Well, on. I mean, they don't really do that in the TV show either. You, yeah. you learn more about the games in the second episode from someone who had been surviving for a long yeah. time, and he's like, the suits of the cards denote what the genre of the game is going to be like, and then yeah. the number is the difficulty. Okay. The higher the yeah. number, the more yeah. difficult it no, is. No, I think I totally was reading this manga on my um, phone, and then I just stopped because it was like kind of confused. The, the app is confusing. It's so the show actually, and this is one, this is a moment where I, I normally don't say this, the show is so much better than the manga. Is it? So much better than the manga. Okay. It okay. is just better... Uh, it, I mean, like, for the most part, it is tried and true to the manga, yeah. but seeing it as a live action, as opposed to just panels where you're trying to just, like, get through this action, I'm like, eh, it was yeah. a little boring as a manga, but... Yeah, because it kind of, like... Yu Yu Hakusho is better dubbed than subbed. I'll it, die on that hill. I agree to that with uh, Dragon Ball Z as well. Mm-hmm. There are There are a few anime that are better dubbed. Yu Yu Hakusho is the prime example. I feel like Attack on Titan is better... Subbed the 100%. Definitely Attack on Titan, you need to watch it subbed. 
Um, I, I mean, like for the most part, most of the time, it's written in this language. Just yeah. watch it in that language. I feel yeah. that way about anything you might be. Me too. I, I honestly do. And I'm not like, I guess I'm not like a purist in the form where it's like, I think you're better for uh, watching it subbed. I just think that it's best performance is always going to be in its original like medium exactly so whatever language if you're watching whatever foreign film that is like if you want to watch a french tv show watch it in french with the subtitles on because like that show lupin yeah uh the girl with the dragon tattoo is a great example not the american version with daniel craig and rooney mara the original swedish version Mm -hmm. because that those were swedish books yeah excellent example if you watch the swedish version yeah. and you're watching it in some type of broken english it just it it doesn't hit the same i watched that show um revolution on or revolution on <laughs> netflix and it's about the french revolution um but it also throws like this weird zombie thing into it so it's like behind the french revolution was actually like this zombie uh plague outbreak that the french aristocracy was trying to keep secret i watched a couple of episodes in both english and french just to see if like it was different because i could tell it was dubbed at first but i didn't put it in the english performance like i guess my netflix generic or automatically did that because it knew it was like yeah um so when i noticed that it was dubbed because their mouths were like slightly off i switched it over to french and then the performance was yeah it was much better um which you want to hear like, something else about france laid on us robo dogs going for blood oh <laughs> see i'm over here trying to pull up the articles so we can actually <laughs> talk about some of the stuff that we had to talk about today i saw robo dogs article. going for blood all right, so in an article posted on MSN.com, um, World News, it was announced that Boston Dynamics has teamed up with the French military to um, use its robot canine uh, in French military training drills. Boston Dynamics robot dog has been in a variety of places and scenarios from jumping rope to unauthorized provocative paintball games. Let's see. Provocative paintball, paintball games. games. Yeah. What makes it provocative? I guess because it's a rope. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. About right with a paintball gun. <laughs> so, oh my lord! Yeah, that spot the robot dog. What? I was I was imagining something much more dynamut. No, they haven't put like skin on it yet. So this is essentially just like the exoskeleton of the robot, right? It doesn't have any of that. We're not. Or a head. It's a torso and four legs. It's got a camera in the front of it, right? That's that's not a head. Yeah. How do you take it down? I actually have, um, I don't know where I have them saved. I should probably look for that. But I do have uh, schematics on how to take these things down. Well, because the government is listening. Hi, Hi, Ted. Ted. The Fed. Ted the Fed. Thanks, Lil B, for that nickname. I got uh, you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I did actually find a couple of sets of schematics on how to take these things down. And well, I mean, because we keep creeping further. Can I hit them with a chain whip? Yeah, so. exactly. Huh? Can I beat the piss out of it with a chain? No, probably not. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm you fucked. might be able to jam up one of its legs, though, because I've heard that there are vulnerabilities. I've seen Star Wars. I know how to do that. There are vulnerabilities in it. I didn't read too much into the article as to what they're going to be using them for, but I'm sure it'll just be for, like, recon and, like... Robo-dogs going for blood. 
But I mean, when you think about it too, also, if I was like an enemy and all of a sudden a robotic dog was coming charging at me, oh, absolutely, I would shit myself. Yeah, yeah it's like Resident Evil with the zombie dogs. It's like World War One all over again, right? Like, think about that. That's the same war where we had horse cavalry and like armed tanks and at like, the same time, yeah, and mustard gas <laughs> and planes at the same fucking time, yo. Like, and we're about to be doing that. Yeah, mustard all gas over was again. a big addition as well. Yep. Yeah. And, like, I'll never forget, like, there was, like, some... The whole reason trench warfare was a thing was because the mustard gas didn't sink into the trenches. Exactly. They still had the gas mask, though. Mm -hmm. Yep. Even in the trenches. Yeah, because if it gets humid out or it rains, all that gas is still going to sink right <laughs> down into where y'all at. It, and then you got, like, trench foot and shit because it did rain. And, like, niggas was getting their boots wet and getting shot and stepping on shit because... Nobody had great like military equipment back then, right? It's kind of because of World War One that everybody like ramped up all of their defense efforts. Right. Yeah, I mean like World War One was only what ten years after the airplane was invented? Exactly. And then all of a sudden we're using it for dogfighting. Yeah. And Orville Wright lived long enough to see that shit happen. I know. He was like, <laughs> Yo. motherfuckers. This is not Orville what I want to Yeah. Yeah. Did Wilbur? Because I know Orville did for sure. I did, wasn't sure if uh, Wilbur. If both Orville did most of it. But yeah. this is the future of warfare. Um, I, honestly, uh, a couple of what was it? 2008. That when China hosted the Beijing Olympics. Yeah. Yep. When they did that whole drone display, wasn't that when they did that whole drone display and they put like thousands of the motherfuckers in the air? And They're they, like, look how powerful we are. Meanwhile, Michael Phelps is like, hold my beer. Have you thought about, though, if that's what they're doing with Hold them my 16 recreationally? Drunk Michael Phelps is actually hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if that's what they're doing with those mini drones, can you just imagine the kind of, like, catastrophic, like, congestion or, like, confusion thousands of little mini drones could cause if unleashed on, like, somebody somebody's camping grounds or, like, even just the military base? Like, Well, then also the amount of interference that they could, uh, actually generate from all of these drones yeah. would be maniacal. Yeah. The amount of ability to be able to jam and throw off all of our sensors and radars is wild. Yeah. With, like, drone technology has come so damn far. And, I mean, like, you know, you look at, like, the $50 drone you can buy. The fact that there are right. $50 drones. Right. What you can do with a $50 drone. Exactly. All the things you could do. I mean, I could totally take it. I could take a $50 drone that I could go buy at Walmart right now. Yep. And I could fly it up and down across all of the neighboring houses here. And get and some great B-roll footage. I mean, like, <laughs> if you want to hire me to do that, I'm not exactly a great drone pilot, but I'm sure your neighbors would love it. Yeah, those things are actually kind of. But hard then I to mean, find. like, <laughs> you kind of start to get the hang of it a little bit. But yeah. the cheap ones don't have any stabilizers. Also, yeah. One of uh, my cousins actually flies a drone for um, Bay Area Engineering, basically scoping and sensing yeah. of the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. Using this like forty, fifty thousand dollar drone, That's and he said wild. that that thing is a dream to fly. Oh, I bet. He said, but like, it also has the amount of weight that this thing has due to the amount of batteries that it needs because I mean like yeah. if I flew that $50 one it probably would last maybe 40 minutes before yeah. I completely burnt through the battery yeah. he's taking this thing up the bay he's it's not crazy. even looking at the drone anymore he's yeah. looking at the screen of what the drone is seeing so yeah. that he knows where the drone is because of the fact that he is he is out of his yeah. eyesight it's gone oh absolutely yeah you stay <laughs> and that's just that's one and they're using it obviously for data they're using yeah. it for data research to make sure that the bay is 
not like flooding weird or it's not having any type of a runoff scenario where you're going to start getting too much sediment buildup and yeah. all of a sudden we might start having people getting sick from going in the bay again because yeah. that happens i mean they have to put out the warnings anytime the bay has so much bacteria that you yeah. actually would never want to have an open wound in there. Yeah, yeah, and get yeah some kind of flesh-eating virus. Or yeah, something, something, something wild bacteria. like that. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. one of the most horrifying videos I've ever seen is the tourists jumping into Baltimore Harbor. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell me that! Oh God, there was like six of them. I just it, I hope it, they all were arrested, and by arrested I mean immediately shipped to the that's hospital. That's like people who jump in the Thames. I'm like, yo, you know that like Londoners used to like historically shit in that water, right? Like, don't do that. The Baltimore Harbor. And is then on disgusting. top of that, the amount of cargo ships that go in and out right. of the harbor up there. You know, you have the Dundalk Harbor right there, which is for all of the shipping containers. Shout out, Perf. Didn't they find like it was like a couple of years ago they found. Oh, God, it was, like, miles of, or maybe it was, like, a quarter mile of netting that had, like, all of these dead fish in it because fishers were, like, poaching and stuff off-season and had left it because I guess they couldn't come back and get it because it was being looked after. Right. It was so much dead fish, though. And which also sucks as someone who enjoys fishing and crabbing. Right. Yeah. Like, the reason that we have to wait for seasons and why we buy licenses is so that we don't overfish the bay. Yep. I mean, like, if I catch... I can catch the shit out of white perch. I can go catch so much white perch, it's a little tiny white fish. It's not exactly most filling, but if I catch like a dozen of them and I clean that fish, I could probably get myself like probably a third to a half a pound worth of meat I'm out hungry. of these white I perch. I can tell you you're talking about it. <laughs> it just made me hungry. But um, you know, I, I'm not gonna go out there and catch like five striped bass because that is completely overfishing. Yeah. At, at its finest. I mean, like I think the limit. I have to double check that. Uh, on my fishing licenses, you can either catch two striped bass, or it's one striped bass for yourself and one for your charter captain, if you take a charter out. Right. And they right. these rules and regulations are there so that I can continue to go out and do this. Yeah. It's, in, it, it's like, important to keep... Like, you can keep one of them. You can still fish. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta throw it back. Put it back. It's important to keep an eye Catch on Catch and release. It, it really does affect the whole environment, that kind of stuff. Well, man. the ecosystem as yeah. a whole. There you go. You know, I mean, the over... Um, the overfishing of oysters was massive. So oh, now yeah. we have those crazy oyster farms. If you go a little further south in Maryland, yeah. we have those oyster farms that are massive. And, like, the water's so clean down there in comparison <laughs> yeah. to, like, Annapolis and Pasadena yeah, and Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> water and shit. And I'm like, if that's what we need to do, then goddammit, let's get some oysters. Let's get some oyster farms up here. That's what I'm saying. Plus, also... Cheap oysters. oysters. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, you ever gone to some of the seafood places around here where they have 25 cent oyster day? Yeah. Yo. It's the best. Love it. Oh my God. See, we're just going to keep making me hungry. I uh, know, man. Now I want oysters. Oh, man. I want oysters. But... I want crabs. All right. Well, let's get the quick hit politics out of the way. Sure. All right. So, uh, Biden is creating a panel to study expanding the Supreme Court, according to the New York Times. Expanding the Supreme Court, eh? Has the Supreme Court ever been expanded ever since it's been... I believe so. Yes, actually. I think it's been expanded twice. Okay. Since it's been... Um, How many justices do we have right now? Seven, I believe. Seven justices? Isn't there supposed to... I think it's seven. I'm not going to look it up. Well, you're going to stand with seven until I correct you, right? There's supposed to be nine. 
There so are they want justices that make up the court. So they would probably expand it to 11. Yeah. Well, it, then also now we need to get four more justices if there's only seven right now. If you're actually right. I don't think seven. I'm right then. If it's supposed to be nine, there's probably nine. I think there are nine. Um, like we got the name and then like two days later, she's confirmed. Yeah, that was, I remember that being oh, that's one of right. the fastest yeah. inductions of a Supreme Court justice. Yep. Yep. Like, it was just like, this is who I'm nominating. That person It was is like the last thing they did with the Senate majority. Do we think that expanding the Supreme Court is the move, though? Like, or, because I feel like what is more important is changing the term limits of Supreme Court justices. Well, I mean, I thought it was for life. It is. It's a lifetime appointment. And right. I do feel like that that. And that's supposed to take impartiality out of it. Because you're never going to have to worry about running for re-election. I mean, that's fair, but I also feel like it creates a... Like, it's the same problem we're having with a lot of our senators and stuff right now. Like, they can essentially run forever if they choose to. And a lot of them are out of touch. Like, how many times do we see out-of-touch Supreme Court decisions? And this goes for, like, a whole as just being human. As you start to get older, you get way more set into your own ways. Right. And you have right. this, uh, you look, you start to lose the ability to adapt with the times. There's and an old saying I remember hearing, if you're, your not, if you're not liberal when you're young, you have no heart. If you're not conservative when you're old, you have no head. I feel like there's something to be said for experience, right? And the wealth of knowledge that that experience brings, right? Like that's the reason why we champion for, because I can't sit here and say that them being old is a problem when I champion for people like Bernie Sanders, right? Like- I didn't say being old was a problem. No, I said it just no, makes it harder to adapt. I think it's problematic. And I think it is part of what this country's problem is. I mean, if you look at the people who are making our laws and stuff like that, they are, well into their um, heyday, I guess. Their later years. Yes. You their know. latter years, you know. Um, I mean, you start getting of, up into the upper 50s and 60s. Yeah. A lot of these senators how have... Old is, how old is Biden? He's 76? Yeah. He was only like a year younger than Bernie, I think. A lot of them have been in their seats since like the 70s and the 60s and stuff like that. And... Um, I think it's, I personally just think it's time for new blood in 78. Biden is 78 years old. Our president is 78 years old. And like, here's a problem that I feel with that is just, we don't have that sense of youth in our leadership right now to where we can make the dramatic decisions that we need to make. No, the, he doesn't. But what about Pete Buttigieg? They're looking at the, it's the old guard looking at, don't do that. Don't do that. Continue. Cause I mean, even Kamala Harris is fairly, you know, younger than um, she's 56, right? So, you know, that's, younger but in four years she'll be 60 and you know the voting block starts at 18 the voice of the youth is not being heard and as we were talking about with um like the wealth gap and stuff like that you pay taxes at 20 if you've got like a job and like you know Shit, man i had w-2s when i was 15 exactly so it's like i'm paying taxes as far back as uh you know 2006 We've got people trying to govern based off of the way things worked when they, you know, were elected into their positions. Systems don't work like that. I'm, 
I mean, it literally blew my mind when our senators and our politicians had to be explained, like, how to set up a fucking Facebook account. Like, <laughs> and I get that, like, it's just Facebook, but here's the problem. Facebook turned out to be this huge data mine, right? So now it's concerning that you don't understand how this medium works. We're expecting you to police it. Well, let's not also forget the cringeworthy attempts at reaching out to the youth. Now, I'm not talking about this most recent election because there was a fair share of Are that. you talking about the animal, or I was about to say animal farm. Uh, <laughs> animal crossing shit that Oh my God, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was so bad. I forgot about that one. No, I'm going back to the Hillary and Trump. Pokemon go to the polls. Oh God. See? See? And I'm talking about the, uh, Back in 2016, when we were creeping up on uh, the Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump election. Yeah. And do you remember Damn Daniel? Yep. Yes, I certainly do. <laughs> Damn Daniel. Damn Daniel, back at it again Damn. with the white vans. That annoying yep. like video that just yep. blew up that. and went viral. Yes, it was annoying. It was very annoying. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dan. But we're going to talk about it and we're going to use that name because it's very important because it really brings home my point of how Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump both made a video where it went, damn Hillary and damn Donald on both sides trying to reach out to the youth of America using this stupid fucking video. And yep. every single kid is like, totally this misguided. Is, I was like, this isn't a video where we're expecting you to be cool. It's yeah. like, we're making fun of this video. Yeah. Why do you not see that? Yep. And it's like, they totally, they don't. They don't get it. They missed the mark so much so that when fucking little 15-year-old Greta Thunberg comes out and is making more of an impact <laughs> than Hillary Clinton did or than Donald Trump did, they get insulted, right? Like, because, oh my God, God forbid somebody talk about what people are actually caring about. Bitch, don't nobody care that you keep hot sauce in your bag. Y'all remember when she did that? Yep. Yeah. No. Like, no, we want to know. You, We didn't bring you on the fucking breakfast club so you could pander to black folks and shuck hey, and jive. We, we know that your delegation likes hot sauce. Didn't your Beyonce sing about it? Like, no, shut the fuck up and tell me you're going to do something about the prison industrial complex. Tell me you're going to do something about the homeless crisis. Like, tell me you're going to do something about the housing crisis. Fucking how, like... Uh, the opioid crisis. I also hate the term, like, Section 8 housing. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of, look, a lot of this term, and it all has bad... A connotation to it now because Republican austerity has worked so hard to demonize any kind of like social assistance programs. Welfare queen. I mean, they they make a habit out of showing people abusing food stamps and things like that. But you know who loves to take advantage of government like Old subsidies? He once went to go get an unemployment check in a limo. Rich people. <laughs> Rich people, the wealthy love government subsidies. They love government handouts and grants and stuff like that, but they don't want poor people to have that shit. No, this, we can't have the scales be balanced now. We have ourselves this class system. Obviously, it was a good idea to... What the fuck do you mean I can't take all of my money and buy land with it so I don't have to pay taxes on it? What the fuck do you mean if I build property on there, I have to build equally affordable housing next to it because some people might not be able to afford to live here if I make it 
all nice for me to live here. It's like, this like, is my land, right? <laughs> In all honesty, nigga, it's like, yeah, no, Jeff Bezos, pay your fucking taxes because you're so fucking rich. You literally said, I don't know what to do with my money, so I'm building a space company. You know, he earned his wealth by funneling all of his money into into Amazon, into like the stock yeah. of Amazon. Yeah. And like it wasn't because like yes, Amazon blew up exponentially. Right. But also he kept taking that profit and just buying more shares, yeah. buying more shares of his own. It was like yeah. back in the big Continental Railroad scenario in the 1800s, where exactly. they were like generating more bonds. Yep. This is like which is super illegal now. Right. And it was also illegal back then, but, but you couldn't still keep track of that. Doing it. You remember when like spice and all that stuff was a problem? Like all the K2 oh, and yeah. all that shit was a problem and they couldn't get a hold on it, right? Because all you had to do was go and reformulate it, right? Like and you take one thing out and all of a sudden it's still the same product right but now it's not illegal anymore because it doesn't contain that one element right right only they could legally we could only make this one formula illegal so if you take out that one part i don't know so it's like we do the same shit with rich people it's like you can't spice is the own devil, by the way everyone I fucking hated spice <laughs> were you there the day that i thought it was going to die at school you were, at, you were like trying to hyperventilate because you thought it was I gonna threw make, up in yeah. the corner and then fell asleep on the couch for like five hours. Yeah, you yeah. were just like so out of it. I remember I woke up and Steph Schuster was like, are you okay? Opening my eyes and it's like TV and like people are like looking at you as soon as you wake up. Very much so not okay. <laughs> no, as we said earlier, sometimes experimenting with drugs <laughs> can lead to very, very bad things. But more or less my point was that the rich are allowed to go unchecked. Fallout from their unregulated mayhem becomes the problem of the poor people, right? Like well, it trickles down too. Yeah, that's like, the only thing that fucking trickles down. It's Ronald like, Reagan. Just, no, just the problems. Just <laughs> yeah. the problems. Yep. No, because like there, yep. there is the balance doesn't get there, but it ends up no. being a scenario where like I end up, you know, as like middle class white definitely have like my own fair share of issues where i'm of trying course. to trying to compensate for what happened there you know my yeah. taxes are going up or my taxes yeah. are doing this and all of a sudden now i have this scenario where it's like i was overtaxed this year to the max so now i'm getting like this wild return yeah. but i'm like is that gonna fuck me next year like what's going on right i look at where i'm at and then it just continues and as it continues to go down and yep. that shit rolls downhill kind of mentality comes into play it just continues to snowball and get worse yep and then they increase the taxes on the lower end to balance it out for everybody. But it's like, that's not balancing it out. We're continuing to pull from underneath of ourselves until there will be nothing left to pull from. And then the rich will be will be back in fucking servitude. I mean, we're already like back in fucking indentured servitude. Like, none of us can pick up today and fucking move out of the state or you know just fucking go off grid like we wanted to right or like what you really want to be able to we're all kind of working to get to that point where we're self-sustaining and the system of capitalism that we live under nowadays doesn't promote that idea for people who aren't already born affluent it's not a system it's a process you can call, but the process ain't working. And normally, when you have a process that doesn't work, you try to like switch that around, right? More like it's almost done. Late stage capitalism. Mm -hmm. Somebody is predicting the fall of Rome, I feel. But I don't necessarily think that America is going to collapse the way 
the extremists think or the doomsayers say it's gonna happen. Well, I do think that we're going to need, and by need to, I mean like I don't, I can't say what this country needs. I don't have enough, you know, ability. I'm not a political right uh, student or strategist yeah. or any type yeah. of knowledge based in that regard. But I have no, a feeling that or a podcast weekly host. We have to do our deep research, everybody. Um, but I could totally see in the next, you know, 10 to 20 years of radical change that is going to shift with the mentality of the young folk that we have now. Because it's just not... Invest in Bitcoin. Do not invest in no. Bitcoin right now. It's earning like 60 grand. Don't invest in Dogecoin. Like, none of us are able to mine Bitcoins. And it's bad for the environment. Like... <laughs> Fucking blockchain is terrible for the environment, Joe. The amount of like power that it takes to do that kind of shit leaves a terrible carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. But um, no, yeah. but that's kind of my point, right? Like in the middle of this culture war, a new so it was we were talking about tribalism, right? And we've got um, conservative like fundamentalism versus like liberal progressivism at the moment is what it would seem like that's the two that are at the the main stage yeah the main stage media highlights yes like you're only gonna ever hear about extreme left or extreme right right and for the sake of the argument like it's understood that you know libertarianism and then you know you've got your traditionalist and everything those are all in underneath of liberal progressives you got you know actual leftists and then you've got democratic socialists and then you've got the youth is what i was going to say you know coming into this contention here too as well and do do a disservice by i guess boiling it down to just the left and the right right but i think ultimately for the sake of the discussion um it's perfectly fine to view it from that way but with the youth coming into play here i think it does lean a lot of heavy weight on the side of the left because most of i I don't know i feel like a lot of the kids i see coming up nowadays kind of just even the ones who would call themselves libertarian just want you know peace and self-sustainability which is what i feel like most of america is kind of asking from the government and for some reason they refuse to deliver and i a lot of me thinks it's because of you know the old guard kind of trying to prevent change from happening i mean look at the attacks that's going on in the tech industry right like the government is going hard at the tech industry right now in a way that I wish they would have gone at, at big oil. You know what I mean? Like if the government went at big oil the way that they, the, with one tenth of what they're going at big tech, then we could have seen some actual environmental change done. Like, you know, something to prevent the current climate crisis. Or at least having. environmental change done sooner. Right, right. Something done to, earlier. Yeah, to help prevent the... Because, I mean, now it's coming out that Shell and Exxon and all them knew the dangers way ahead of time. I mean, they just settled another case suit in um, some state where they're losing, and I believe it was Shell, is losing another, like, 29 billion or something like that. But it's still too little too late at this point. The scientists are saying we're, we're heading for all the shit that they were warning us about. Now it's just a matter of trying to prevent the worst from happening. And I mean, like, 
the climate scientists who are actually the environmental scientists who are studying this are also like waving the flag of like, hey guys, uh, it's becoming irreversible. Yeah, uh, we need to kind of work on this. That's um, what, and that's my point. And one of the biggest proponents of like climate change uh, awareness right now is a fucking fifteen year old. Right? <laughs> like, oh, isn't she like at least 17? Now well, now, now, <laughs> now, at this point. She, she still ages like the rest of us, Doc. <laughs> no, everybody exists in the Simpsons dynamic. <laughs> I, I, I do have my qualms, though, with, uh, with her, with Greta. Uh, just, I feel kind of terrible that, like, yes, she had a voice yeah. to be said, but they, like, were like, okay, yeah. you have this thing? Let me thrust you into oh, the no, world. No, they really did. That was, like, really fucked up. Yeah, they and, really did make her this, like... She icon. became the mascot of yeah. environmental climate change, and I'm like, this is still a, like a teenager. Yeah, like, like let this girl and, and this is, I should be somewhere enjoying my summer right now. So is what I she have, said. <laughs> but instead, I'm here talking with you, adults. I have two more Biden updates. Yes, one of them done. is is gone executive order. And the other one is Biden restarts the border wall, according to DailyMail.uk. Mm, the Daily Mail, though. I mean... That is, though, I believe the case of that he is, in fact, starting oh, no. up that I, again. This is also why I've now written down sources. There was also a... Uh, I guess we'll start with the wall, then, while uh, you pull up the article for gun control. That was costing a lot of money for that to sit kind of idly by. Because, I mean, Trump had already invested so much time and money into the wall yeah. that all of the material and all of the equipment was there to use it. But when they put it on idle, what are we doing with that? We're still kind of like technically renting this equipment. I was going to say you could wholesale the, the materials back to like steel companies. They can melt it, re, uh, repurpose it somehow. But for whatever reason, the decision was made to go ahead and continue building the wall I feel like that is going to lead to some very negative connotations from Biden supporters as a whole yeah I mean the first thing that he said he was going to do was stop building the wall and now here we are again not even a year later building the wall yep like I said we're not Biden fans we'll give him credit if he does something good but we're not gonna cheerlead for him I've also made it clear that I think Biden is a secret Republican and I thought he would have done better in the presidential race had he run against Trump as a Republican in the Republican primaries. Yeah, but you see, the problem is is that because of the fact that he was vice president during the Obama era... As a Democrat. Yeah. As a Democrat, he has solidified himself as a Democrat, in but most I, Republican mindset. But I also think that Biden is old enough and white enough to <laughs> be like, you know what, after running with Barack... I, and I sat down for these last couple of years and I really thought about it <laughs> and I'm like I really lead more Republican and I think Donald Trump is tearing this party apart <laughs> I mean come on all these old and that's my kind of point kind of my point about these old school Democrats is they're all really like center right like if you look at the Hillary's policies Joe was constantly attacked for you know being one of the pinners of the crime bill in the early 90s and you know he also was on top of a lot of the drug war legislation and stuff like that well i mean his son is a crackhead wow <laughs> oh. i did listen to mark Marin. he interviewed hunter biden 
and Hunter Biden was just like, yeah, I was a crackhead. So, not really that insulting. He owns up to it. Smoked a lot of crack. I mean, look, Mike Tyson is a convicted rapist, right? Martin Stewart's a convicted felon. You called Mike Tyson a convicted rapist in front of his face. You might get your teeth punched. (laughs) I don't think it's a might. Just gonna throw. What's you say to me? And then say it with a lisp. You convicted rapist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. (laughs) No. I like. uh, You know what would happen to your face? It would break. Are we gonna go into a break without talking about the gun legislation, though? No. We could. I mean. Well, I mean, the important... Most of the legislation seems to be around the idea of, I guess, uh, build your own guns, like DIY guns and stuff like that. 3D printer guns. The the 80 percenters... um, Well, the 80 percenters, I still think, are probably going to remain legal to some right because you have to register an 80 percenter. Yeah. If you end up purchasing... What is an 80 percenter? I think... An 80 percenter is where you're ending up... You're buying the lower, which is the gun itself. Yeah. So you're buying the lower, and then you get some instructions that you need to uh, machine out some of the material within the lower. So you might have to pop this thing on a mill and mill out a a couple more uh, corners to be able to make it operatable, and then you might be drilling holes through the lower itself and trying to make it so that you can actually construct the gun. So you have the gun with the lower, and then you get the attachments where you might get the upper. If you're building a pistol, you're going to get some of the components that allow you to actually uh, make it semi-automatic and things like that. But 80 percenters you can purchase legally without a license, but if you build it and you make it a gun, you need to make it legal and go get it serialized, and that is the law. But the problem is, is that it's also not something. It's kind of it's, one it's of those, a, it's if an you honor get caught, thing. yeah, exactly. It's an honor thing, like, you built this gun, you need to get it serialized, yeah. you need to go through the registration process of, I own this gun. Yeah. But, also at the same time, there's plenty of people, I'm sure, who have built an 80%er and, yeah, and didn't, and didn't and do that's that. It's kind an honor of what thing. They're, yeah, and that's what they're trying to curb is the serialization, right? So right. they're trying to get the parts serialized, so that way even before the gun is built, the parts are registered to an individual and whoever purchases it and whoever purchases right, as a way parts. to just note who's purchasing these things and i exactly. completely understand that because yep. like, it is surprisingly easy to get yourself one of these 80 percenters but if the 80 percenter <laughs> itself was serialized yeah. people would know who purchased it yeah and then it would be easier to track you can also 3d print guns i've heard people do yes yeah. you can do that as well yeah they, that is its own problem yeah, that's uh, a that's a new problem that's coming with the ability of 3D how printers. cheap 3D yeah. printers are becoming. Yeah. So when you can 3D print a gun and make it work, I mean, like you might not 3D print the entire thing, but you're 3D printing the lower, and then all of a sudden now you have this unregistered gun that you made for cheap with a 3D printer that you bought for three grand. Exactly. <laughs> and you can pump them out because the material to use in a 3D printer, while not cheap, is not as expensive as a gun. No, and if you've got a nice 3D printer, it doesn't take that long to do those kinds of things. Maybe overnight you set it up, run it at night, and then in the morning you have yourself your lower. Yep. You do that all week, and then, you know, you and a couple of the boys ride out. I'm not just saying that, you know, I'm not saying that's what you do. I'm just saying that... Go to break! Go to break! (laughs) Go to break! Listeners who didn't wish to hear about such things should turn off their radios.
hanging onto the back of a fucking right. golf cart. Great. He looks like Matthew McConaughey. But, like, it also is funny because that is kind of some of the shit that you see on golf courses. Yeah. Like, it is kind of funny. I'm not really much of a golfer myself. I go golfing if some of my friends are like, hey, you want to come with us and do this? Fuck yeah. Sounds like a good Saturday morning. My handicap probably would be, I've never gone golf before. I've gone twice, maybe three times. And it was because a friend of mine was like, hey, I like to golf. Let's hang out. <laughs> go I mean, golf. also, it is fun. I mean, like, I, anytime I go, I'll just, those Miller Lights that are like 16 ounces with the screw on lids they're good are awesome you can sit there unscrew it take a gulp screw it back on put it back in your golf bag and just continue on with whatever hole you're on it's great you know and i'm not expecting any type of amazing shots i'm just gonna hit the ball and if i can go find it i can't i'll just throw another one down it's fine yeah Uh, but i've definitely seen some like ridiculous shit where people were fucking smashed that scene in a didn't Wu Tang Clan go ape shit on a bunch of people at a golf course? That no, it wasn't Wu Tang Clan. Um, I want to say that was Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. But no, I mean like some of the shit that is that happens on a golf course is definitely hilarious, and I've definitely been out there and watched a dude who was super smashed. Now, not part of my group, but someone else drive their golf cart up a hill, thinking that they could like make it to the I don't know what they were thinking they rolled it they rolled the golf cart yeah I was like oh my god I they like, rolled it here we go didn't even have to tell me the rest of the story nope they rolled the golf cart 100% yep. they're not exactly the most stable uh, did I ever tell you uh, my first Jetta I totaled that thing I rolled it three times no you haven't told me this yeah, story yeah so I was in Crofton and I'm driving on 424 uh, between like uh, where Underwood Road is and Rydell Road is okay I swerved. I didn't know my tires were bald or balding. Lost control of the car, hit the slanted dirt sidewall. Go up the sidewall and then roll down three times. Walk away without a scratch. God bless the roll cage. Jettas are nice cars. Volkswagen makes good shit. Yep. You know, I know people talk about it all the time about how, oh, I don't want to spend money on like German engineering. It's very expensive. You need a German engineered car made in Germany. Yeah. My first Jetta would break all the time because it was a Volkswagen made in Mexico. My current Jetta is, I haven't had a a single problem with it. It just goes to show you, I mean, these are not cars that are expensive for no reason. Yeah. And I think like, that's not like, oh, Mexico can't put their shit, that's like probably German pride in the German engineering. Yeah, I would would imagine so. Yeah. I mean, look at their tank warfare back in World War II. Yup. I mean, they lost to Russia in that one battle with tanks because of the fact that Russia used the swarm mentality. Yep. Like ants and just like, let's send as many as possible and eventually we'll win. But each Panzer tank or Tiger tank that came out from Germany was a gem. Like built to last and these things did not have problems. And they won so many battles because of that. But it took forever to make it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what also was their downfall. Yeah. It took forever to make because Russia over here is like, okay, I have this like tank that requires me a day to make and it's inexpensive, but I have to kill the people who go in it. Okay. Yeah. Give me 500 of them. Yep. Because Russia's big. 
And we got plenty of guys. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of how it worked. If you ended yeah. up in a Russian tank, you death sentence. Yeah, because the bitches blew up on themselves all the time. Or they backfired into the fucking tank and shit like that. Or they just were, like, cheap armor, and then, like, they might get, like, a round that would normally ding off another tank, and it just pff, shreds it. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Alright, that is completely off topic. What so else you got? I, I only had one other thing on my docket just because I thought it was hilarious when Mike sent it in the group chat. But the live action Porto Puff Girls! Oh my god. god. You're still calling it that. Oh no, don't do that. that. Oh, don't ruin my childhood with so that. So did you see Donald Faison is going to be playing uh, Professor X? Or not Professor X, excuse me, Professor Utonium, right? Yeah. Not. Yeah, yep. So it's going to be Donald Faison. Um, Who's playing the titular Powerpuff Girls? I don't know, but those we'll costumes looked yeah, that was real bad. bad. It was really bad. Real bad. Okay, so you guys did see. So uh-huh, I, had I saw the picture. Up. Yeah. I don't know what I expected the Powerpuff Girls costumes to look like, but <laughs> also, why are they like adults? Yeah, they yeah. they look like they're thirty, which is what makes it look like. Pornopuff girls. Pornopuff girls. Uh, because they look like they're 30. They are wearing, like, elastic, uh... Yeah, I Almost, mean, I was, like, leather, skin-tight dresses. Pleather dresses. <laughs> like, who's who's the actress from uh, Stranger Things? Are you the talking telekinetic, about Millie? The telekinetic girl? Yeah. Millie Bobby Brown? Yeah, like, somebody Millie Bobby Brown's age. Who could beat the Powerpuff girls? Yeah, I, right. Yeah. Little younger. It, like, because the Powerpuff Girls aren't fucking were, kindergartners. Right, I was going to say, they're supposed to be in kindergarten. That's why this, none of this live-action thing made sense to me, because I was like, how are we going to, like, take a show about kindergartners, superpower kindergartners, and, like, make that live-action? I don't... I mean, okay, look, have any of you, either one of you two, seen Raising Dion on Netflix? Mm-hmm. So Raising Dion is the show about um, this little black boy... Who gets superpowers? Be- I don't rem- because his dad. Something about a science experiment or whatever. But his mom is effectively raising him as a single mother because his dad goes missing because of the science experiment, and they don't know he has superpowers. So he just like miraculously gets them one day. And the show was kind of about him like being this little boy with superpowers and doing things little boys would do with superpowers. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. And also kind of very humorous. Right. Because whatever he might imagine with his superpowers at a young age, I can just see all kinds of hell breaking loose. Franklin Richard says, sup. The son of Sue Storm and Reed Richards. (laughs) So we've got... He had, like, reality warping powers and would just do it to, like, play with stuff. But, I mean, that's kind of also what you would expect out of someone who's, uh, you know... Yep. Eight-year-old. Yep. Imagine Dez with omniscient, omniscient powers. Nope. Um, I, 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 I can tell you as his father that I do not want that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but this, again, keeps cycling back to, okay, the Powerpuff Girls were six. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In their show. They were young as fuck. And it was what made it kind of cutesy when they're fighting off crime and they're, like, super strong. And they each had their own distinct personalities where you had the leader and then the super bubbly girl and then the bad bitch. Yeah, fighting off Mojo Jojo and whatever hyper monkey professor. And him. And, oh yeah, him. The Which transsexual, also like, the transsexual can evil we also lobster. Just, can we also just applaud Cartoon Network from like the late '90s, early 2000s yep. for yeah. throwing a trans character into really a cartoon, and then like everyone was just like, okay, it's just him. Yeah. 
They really get yeah, right. All right, like nobody questioned it. Nope, it was just him. So yeah, the Powerpuff Girls was supposed to be like a cutesy show where they had superpowers and they they gave it like it was more episodic in nature. Yep. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do with thirty-year-olds playing Blossom Bubbles and Buttercup. I don't know either, and I'm just imagining Mojo Jojo as like the Planet of the Apes, like CGI monkey. I'd be okay with that. With, yeah, a, with a bucket on his head. Well, I mean, that was where his brain was. I know. Then. Have you ever seen the guitar, the guitarist Buckethead? He used to play with Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that, but like a Planet of the Apes monkey. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know what? Can we also just go a... <clears throat> Who the fuck asked for this? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Who the fuck did ask for a Powerpuff Girls movie? Oh, yo, it's me. It's me, the guy who asked. What is this? But why? Hey, who man's is this? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? Who man's is this? Are you serious? Okay, so, um... The live action, um... Powerpuff Girls are going to be played by Chloe Bennett, who is 28. Um, she will be Blossom. We have Dub Cameron, who is 25 as Bubbles. And Yana Peralt, who is Buttercup, also is 25. And they, like I said already, Dominic Faison is Professor Utonium. No word who's going to play Mojo Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they already knew what we wanted to hear. No word who's going to play him, or if the character him will even be a character anymore, because that may be problematic now. Uh, there's, <laughs> only one, there's only two people that would actually appropriately be able to play him, and they're both dead. Bowie and Prince. Damn, actually, that would work. Yeah, actually, Prince would be... There's Marilyn Manson, but he's a bit problematic at the moment. At the moment, <laughs> he's, he's a bit uh, not great right now. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so... Again, I, I, I mean, like... It, Bowie or Prince would fucking like I said, kill that role, though. But we need to have someone who probably... Like, someone who actually is trans play him if him is going to be a character. That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not far off. Uh, the oldest Powerpuff Girl is almost 30. Um, so, not to say that that's a bad thing, but for this show, I don't understand how it's going to work. I haven't been given any answers to this show and as to what it's doing, and I'm thoroughly confused. I wonder if they're going to go the chilling of Sabrina or the chilling adventures of Sabrina route like you know how they did with like Archie comics and all that stuff and make them kind of like edgier for teens they're gonna still need a costume redesign to pull that off oh my god please change or, your costume well, you remember, I get it they each had their own distinct do we just colors. shame them repeatedly until they change it like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that will happen once this picture spreads more it's going to happen you can't have these three girls that we grew up with who wore like tights and a dress in a cartoon where they didn't even have fingers or toes. Yeah. And they had <laughs> nubs. They had nubs and they were, it was fine. It was completely innocent. And now you have these 25 and 28 year old yeah. who are wearing spandex-esque looking uh, dresses with no leggings and white boots. Yeah, no, it legit unironically looks like a porn parody. I, my whole problem with this, and this is kind of what I wanted to talk about, like, the Cruella movie for, right? Like, because I saw trailers for the Cruella movie recently, and, like, I guess it's a bit more 
I guess, faithful to the source material than what I'm assuming this Powerpuff Girls uh, remake is going to be. <laughs> but it makes me wonder what Hollywood's fear of new ideas is, right? Because yeah. it's like there's all this... I'm reading this book right now called Relics, right? And I can't remember who it's by at the moment, but it's all about this this criminal science professor, I believe, whose boyfriend goes missing. Upon her using her like criminal science background and everything to actually, for something other than like writing crime novels <laughs> to find her boyfriend, she finds out that he's been working with uh, one of London's most notorious gangsters to collect what they call relics, which is dead mythological things. Like old myth, like unicorn horns and like uh, cyclopses and stuff like that, right? And I'm like, this would make a dope ass fucking TV show, right? Or, or just a movie. Or a fucking movie, right? And I'm like, there's tons of new source material out there like that, but instead. We're getting a live action remake like, of the Powerpuff Girls. And a fucking Cruella origin I see story. What you're like, doing who here. the fuck? This is very well done with this transition. Continue. <laughs> who the fuck asked for that? Who the fuck asked for a Cruella DeVille origin story? Like, somebody was, some little girl was sitting back going, well, I just don't get it. Why is she so mean? Why does she hate the dogs? What's wrong with her, mommy? And her mom must work for Disney or something like that. And she was like, you know what? We've never told Cruella's side of the story. This is like Maleficent, right? Yeah. It's like what they did with Maleficent. Like, which at least Maleficent is a much more interesting character. It also was like an okay movie. The second one, not so much, but right. the first one was okay. And yeah. I was all right with this, like, okay, let's give Maleficent a backstory. She is one of the most menacing villains Disney has ever generated. Angelina Jolie was a very good casting. I really don't give two fucks about Cruella de Vil. No. no. She, she was a twisted old lady who wanted a fur coat, and she didn't get her way and broke down. Darn. End of backstory. What's the other one? Snow White? Didn't they give, like, that queen, like, a whole fucking backstory to? Why do we keep the Joker? Like, do all, do we need to know the origin story of all of our villains? Like, who cares? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Joker I mean, is such a unique character that, yes, the origin story. No, I think the is, thing is that important. was unique about the Joker is he didn't have an origin story. He was just pure fucking chaos. That's what was unique about the Joker, trying to humanize a pure agent of chaos completely defeats the purpose of the character. He exists as an antithesis to Batman. And then Wait. at the same point, then all of a sudden now people are siding with the Joker. The Joker, saying, actually there is another part that's important about the Joker and his origin story. All it takes is one bad day. He had one bad day. They've, had, they've made that movie already. Okay, that was with, uh, the movie where the guy yeah no it's the dark it's it's the uh, the killing joke that's the storyline the killing joke is the the one bad day thing it's his origin story and then he snaps in one day i don't think my to my point though was is i feel like hollywood's fear to lean on new and original stories is the reason why we're seeing films like Parasite come in and completely sweep like the box office and the Golden Globes it's Awards. fresh and unique. Exactly, it's a different kind of tale being told. As opposed to just, okay, let's remake The Mummy because we're gonna make The Mummy some type of monster-verse. Right, no, this time it's a Chinese mummy. <laughs> like, stop. So, okay, and now Dr. Hot, Dr. Jekyll's in here. Yep. Yep, yeah. No, instead of 
finding new monster tales to do. We're gonna rehash the Wolfman and the Mummy and Dracula, and we're gonna do a monster universe, right? Like, there was an excellent book that came out last year during this whole pandemic. It was called The Sand Sea. So this book, The Sand Sea, came out last summer. Yeah. It was like June of 2020. Yeah. And it takes place in like this dude's alternate version of our world. The, all the countries have different names, but like I think the British island, like the United Kingdom, was like Angular or something. So it was like Anglo-Saxon. Like, yeah, whatever. It was yeah, like, right. He basically used our map to generate his version of his fantasy world. Right. But it takes place in like the 1870s. Okay. And they go on this expedition to the desert which is the titular Sand Sea, yeah. and they get wrapped mm. up in this fantasy element that was going on with the war happening of the people who live in the Sand Sea. Mm. They were only there on an expedition to get an ore yeah. called Bezerite, which was going to be sold at a high price. Right, okay. But they get attacked, uh, locals who live in the Sand Sea, and yeah. kind of get completely swarped, like just pulled into yeah. this war yeah. that was yeah. happening in there. And so it has like this Indiana Jones-esque vibe where they're going on okay. this crazy expedition for some element. Right. Something that seems benign in the moment, but then takes them into this whole like fantastical story. And then they have this fantasy element where it's uh, the staff of the prophet, which was broken into three different elements, the lion, the ram, and the serpent. And each staff in its own right has some fantastical element. Like okay. the serpent staff can heal yeah. and the ram staff boosts your strength okay like it like right. phenomenal and it this sounds the, it's gonna yeah. be probably it probably a trilogy i would yeah. imagine because at the end of the first with, book with the three pieces of the staff right yeah <laughs> but i mean at the end of the first book like it was clearly like this is not the end of the story but it yeah. was also 800 pages long so the Ooh. author was like i'm not doing this all in one book yeah. <laughs> like i'm not doing this all in one book but it was amazing. Yeah. It was such a good story. Like, I want to see that have a movie right and or a TV show. It's kind of the reason why I started reading books again, right? Because I feel like so much of what... I mean, we're getting fucking Space Jam 2. After, like, what? Like, two decades? 25 years. 26. Yes. Space Jam came out in 95. You, you motherfuckers mean to tell me that with a property that has existed since, what? the 1940s, you can't find any interesting stories to tell with those characters other than one you've already fucking told. <laughs> I told, I said on the episode that dropped this week, I was like, this whole thing, like the trailer looked great, right? Look, visually, it looks like it's going to be fun. What did Christopher Nolan say? Amusement park ride, right? Scorsese. Scorsese, amusement park ride. What did I call it? It felt like an hour and a half long advertisement for Universal Studios, yo. Oh man, and that, the problem is it's like, that's kinda true, cause you know they're gonna yeah. make a ride out of it. Now I think Looney Tunes is Six Flags. Like if you go to yeah. any of the, yep. oh yeah, yeah. the Six Flags, you know, the Looney Tunes thing, there's always Looney Tune world. And yeah, yeah, okay, now they can have LeBron James show up in some 3D simulator and we're gonna play basketball together as we're running away from the aliens. Yeah, all right, all right, but didn't they have like fucking Godzilla and like Game of Thrones and like everything yeah. in this shit? And I'm just like, come on, son, like how many more, it's, it's like, we're, what did I say earlier? Uh, we're all in this escapism mode, right? So we're Look looking for something. Look at the movie Ready Ralph. 
familiar and comfortable. But, but Wreck-It Ralph, though, was also like a awesome. satire. Yeah, I, I really feel like enjoyed that was a Wreck-It fresh Ralph. take yeah. on doing... Now, you could say Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet was a bit more of that cash grabby, hey, look at this I thing you're familiar with. Oh, well, yeah, they really lean into it because then Ralph goes into the fucking Internet, right? <laughs> so, but, And then they could do anything they wanted. So they started pulling all the viral stuff and throwing it into that movie. Yeah, and it's like they had their own little Grand Theft Auto type game that uh, Vanellope wanted to go play in all the time because, you know, she's a little agent of chaos. And mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I I see, and I think everybody sees at this point, right, that Hollywood has come to this, this decision that new ideas aren't profitable. Right, even though when wholly original ideas, like what was that movie, uh, The Good Guys or The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and um, who's the dude from Drive? Ryan Gosling? Yeah, I think it was Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling were in this movie together called The Nice Guys where they both played like detectives of some sort, right? And this girl went missing who they both had been hired like separately to investigate and the movie was fucking hilarious right like and it was it told like this really good story the entire time and it had these interesting characters in it and i didn't hear anything about it right i watched this movie like three years after it fucking came out because nobody talked about it and it was great i loved the fucking movie i would watch it again now i've there i was so excited for godzilla versus king kong and i've only watched half of it i haven't even watched it so it because it's it's not new. Ooh. I mean, Godzilla's I mean, been around since the 30s, yeah. so it was okay Like when they remade it back in the 90s. And then they made it again in 2014. I'm like, why are we doing this again so soon? Because they kept fucking up, right? Like they, I, And I get redoing a movie that could have been good, but couldn't, or the execution wasn't great based on, that's why I like the but superhero we're not, movies. We're barely seeing out. any of that either. I mean, exactly. what was uh, Aragon? Yeah, yep. That's, that you know the meme that I was talking sucked. about. Yep. I know exactly what meme you're talking about. That movie fucking sucked. And I've read all four books, and granted, the books aren't exactly like yeah. super fresh and original themselves. Yep. Like, there's a lot of Tolkien references right. and a lot of, even like Witcher and uh, like Song of Ice and Fire references yeah. in his work. Yeah fine but it is still his own idea and watching that movie just go up and smoke because of how shitty it was and how poor it was written i was like okay remake that i was like that had potential yeah i was like it's not going to be the next lord of the rings or the next game of thrones but it's going to merit more money than avatar 2 3 4 and 5 i can't believe they fucking gave this man all that money to make what was like four more avatar movies after like what 2008 or 9 was when that came out. Oh my god, it's fucking bananas. It's bananas. Meanwhile, that's why I kind of like, I still have a Netflix subscription. Even though I bitch about how I can never find anything to watch on Netflix, it's because Netflix is just full of new shit. Right. Shit that is original and like, it's like, hey, give me a chance. Netflix has become a haven for indie, like indie movies and well, stuff not even like that. that. Just that. You can go to Netflix. I could like email Netflix and be like, hey, I have this idea for a story. Yep. And they could be like, all right, I like it. We're going to give you the funding. Yeah. I, I don't actually think Netflix, I email, I messaged them on Twitter 
And I was like, you guys should have a shuffle option on Netflix. Guess what should have A shuffle option. Is there a shuffle option on Netflix now? Yep. On, right on... as you boot it up, it says play something or shuffle. That actually explains a lot because there was one time where I fell asleep watching Criminal Minds just as like background noise. Yeah. And all of a sudden I woke up and Demon Slayer was on its fifth episode. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Because <laughs> people have been saying that for the long, that's the biggest problem with Netflix, right? Is you have to, I have to choose. If I just, if I turned it on and it just played a random episode from something in my playlist or a random movie from in my playlist, then it, yeah, I'd be good. Then I'd actually get things watched. Yeah, like, I wish you could make a playlist of, like, shows and just have them shuffle episodes. Because, like, when I'm playing cards over at Corey's, and, like, it'll just be, like, Ridiculousness or Family Guy or Simpsons on, like, repeat. I wish I could basically, like, program my own Friday Night Block from Fox. And you just put all of these shows in, you just go shuffle all these episodes. My whole point was the media is there, though, right? Like, the content is there. And I just don't understand why, instead of investing in new, fresh ideas, Hollywood continues to be on this path of... Comfort and nostalgia? Let's tell Cruella's story (laughs) this time. I'm still just hung up with the fact that there's going to be an Avatar 5 by the end of the 2020s. I know, I know. What what more do we have to tell with this story? There's got to be better stories to tell, right? It's like I said, I went back to books because I was so tired of, like, seeing the same old tropes over and over again. Even Ready Player Two, which came out last year. Yeah. It came out in November of 2020. I got it immediately because I really enjoyed Ready Player One. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not sure about this. A sequel to the book uh, book that I really like just came out, right? Um, this book by David Wong called... Uh, futuristic weapons and fancy suits or something like that i'm pretty the title's weird right but i really enjoyed that book it was one of the books that made me really start reading again like it was a book that i got i i was excited to read and when i finished it i needed more right like i wasn't like okay well i'll go watch some tv or something like that i wanted another book to read after i got done reading that book right and he just put out a sequel to it and I'm a little afraid to read it right because I'm like it was such a good one-off story in its own I don't know if I want to like taint the image of it in my mind with a fucking sequel but at the same time he might be able to it might be a direct sequel but it could be his again his own um, right. story like I think um the Robert Langdon series was that way. Yeah. You had, like, Angels and Demons, and then you had the Da Vinci Code, and yeah. then there was three more. I don't remember their names, but he has five books that came out, and they all just follow Robert Langdon doing things. Yeah. And he get like, being the symbolic analyst that he is, and he just kind of gets wrapped up in yeah, different and, scenarios. I mean, they do that with the Master and Commander series, yeah. where it's just, I can't remember his, uh, his name right now. Uh, but they just follow the captain and the doctor just on their Navy missions. Yeah. And, like, each one's a different Navy mission. Cowboy Bebop, they're all one-shot stories except for the first and last episode. Right. Well, I mean, like, I think they have, like, a midway point where Vicious comes back in. Yeah. And, like, so they have, like, three episodes that kind of link together, but then everything else is just episodic. Yep. But Cowboy Bebop is a perfect example, right? Like, great, iconic anime, right? Why are we making a live action? Because they make live actions of all kinds of anime. I mean, look at fucking Death Note. Right, because it's the new trend now, right? Yeah. Like they, they're just following, instead of innovating, 
and finding new great stories to tell. I mean, how long do you think it'll take before we get a live action Akira? Like, well, I mean, we're already working our way toward live action One Piece. That's already yeah. in the works. Yeah. Like they are, they haven't announced anything about casting, like production. Live action Yu Yu Hakusho has me terrified. I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah. But the live action Cowboy Bebop is done filming. They had like a big pause due to the pandemic, and yeah. I think. I can John, I think see John Cowboy said, Bebop being an, uh, a live action. I, show. I could see it working. Yeah. I could see it working. Yu Yu Hakusho scares the fuck the out of me. They the same kind of budget that they gave the Mandalorian, right? then I can see Cowboy Bebop. Because Cowboy Bebop deserves Mandalorian-level budget. If 100%. you ask me. Like, and I, I mean, like, I think one of the main producers of the Cowboy Bebop uh, uh, live action is yeah. was, like, the executive producer for Prison Break. Okay. So, okay. like, they've got the, ne- the Netflix budget and they've got the experience of, like... Prison Break was good. A dude yeah. who made a decent show. Yeah. I could see... Cowboy Bebop being good, and then if Cowboy Bebop is good, it is just going to absolutely raise the funding for One Piece. Yeah, yeah, but once again, that all goes back into what I was saying, and it also proves that it's not just, I guess it's not just Hollywood, unless we count Netflix as part of Hollywood. I think we have to at this point. Even when they're doing um, international media. I'm just saying, internationally, it seems like new stories are, like, becoming scarce. Right. They're definitely becoming more scarce. When it comes to the live-action animes, though, I feel like it's more so trying to expand their audience further into the Western Hemisphere. Yep. I think they're doing with anime what we did with superhero movies, hmm. right? Now that the technology is better and we can do the fantastical things, like, I mean, come on. Fucking Infinity War and Endgame would have looked like complete and total ass in the 90s. Dude, it oh, so yeah. Do you remember the final boss fight scene in the first Blade movie? I really like Blade and I don't like the hard one. <laughs> but yeah. Come on. I really like Blade and I don't like Me the hard one. But, but man. Dog. Duh. That 1998 technology, yeah, man. It was that 1990s CGI, man, was some shit, right? I love watching it for like nostalgia purposes and stuff like that, but it like, hasn't aged well. No, no. So it's like now we can tell, and I get that part of it, right? Like I get that piece of it, being able to, like we said, tell a story the way it deserves to be told. Like, you know, if you watch some of those old, like, Spider-Man movies, because they have them oh, yeah. in, like, the 70s and stuff like that, looks like absolute shit. The costumes look fucking terrible. <laughs> yup. But that also goes back to Blade and Spider-Man being, like, the two mm-hmm. first superhero movies that really made an impact. Yep. I mean, Spider-Man... The Superman with the, the Christopher Walken Supermans and the Tim Burton Batman. Christopher Walken. Christopher Reeves. Reeves. <laughs> Christopher not walking. Wow. Damn, son. <laughs> and on that note, wow. I think we're going to wrap it up for today. Yeah. <laughs> you guys be safe and remember none, none of this, of this is, normal. is normal. Not a damn bit of it. <laughs> Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates.
talk about it black is stuff. time to 